You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 49 of Double Jumper Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. I've actually been playing some games this time. Yes. Which is, you know, something <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, cause for celebration. Um, yes, and, and it's, um, it's a game that I'm really interested in hearing about. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and excited to talk about Boba Fett, because I kind of keep yes. thinking about it, and it's not even really worth thinking about as much as I've been <laughs> thinking about it. So I feel yeah. like once we talk about it for three hours, I can finally have it <laughs> off my chest, and that'll be yep. it. Yeah, because we haven't talked about it in like three weeks. It's, yeah. it's actually been a while. So have you finished it this time? Yeah, yeah, I, I just finished it today. Oh, so cool. I was like, oh, um, see, my wife, she's kind of like, she, we, we watch a lot of TV together, but I think halfway through Boba Fett, she was like, this is just boring. Like, yes. <laughs> after the Tuscan Raiders, she was like, what's the point? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's very um, fair. <laughs> but yeah. and, then, and then I'm like, oh, babe, uh, the last three episodes are literally a Mandalorian sequel. And then she's like, nah, nothing, still nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that a bit later. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh but how how's your how's your week been, man? You've been uh, you've been busy? Um no. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> um no, I've been I haven't getting around too much. It's um I actually don't think I have much to mention. <laughs> I think I kind of like ran That's through good. it all. <laughs> I like I I've been watching some anime. So like nice. some reason I've just kind of been suddenly oh yeah because I got like a streaming box like a media player box like an Android one. Gotcha. And it, you can get all this other stuff on it. Yeah, so it just does a lot of things better than the PS4 has been doing for yeah. a decade <laughs> since I forgot <laughs> it. So it's um, yeah yeah. So I know I've been watching Ranking of Kings and I've been like touching on a few bits and pieces, but otherwise not much to talk about there yet. So sweet. Um, sweet. What about you? Maybe maybe. Yeah, I um, like last week you teased talking about Pat Labor, yes, which was kind of the the mecha anime that uh, Mamoru Oshii, um, the director of Ghost in the Shell, like this was like, I guess the project that he was working on, like for the decade prior to Ghost in the Shell. So, it's it's you you said something last week that I think resonated with me where this was like from the era that anime started looking good <laughs> like in terms from a quality oh, point of view I think I th- uh, yeah like I think it's more like it was like when it looked incredible like because yes. like oh, it yeah, looked a lot like you know yeah. Akira and stuff where it's just everything looks like so lush in terms like as yeah. like anime you know like it's just yeah yeah so rich <laughs> and like you don't see that too much like you see it plenty now probably yeah. I don't watch all of it but I think especially in films you don't see many really high level films like you, they're definitely there but I don't know mm. It's not. It's always nice seeing one of those because I haven't seen many, and it's like always like yeah, a reminder. It, it's like, oh, that's right, these are amazing. <laughs> yeah, because like I watched. Um, uh, so you told me about Pat Labor, and obviously being a, a fan of Mecca, I was like, hell yeah! And then, <laughs> as I do with anything, I was like looking at the movies, and then I saw a comment saying, "Oh, you should watch the OVAs. They actually tie into the movies. They introduce the characters and everything." I'm like, okay. And there's also an anime show. That happened, but th- apparently that anime is like unrelated. Like it's not right. tied into the movies. So technically, the OVA series, which is seven episodes, they're half an hour each. So I watched that. So now I've got now that I've finished Boba Fett, I'm gonna watch the Pat Labor movie. 
So hopefully I can talk to that next week and we can compare notes. And okay. I think there's a second Pat LeBour movie, which is like a direct sequel. And then yeah. like 20 years later, he made another sequel, but it's like live action. It's, oh, it's I weird. don't know about that one. Because I, I started yeah. watching the second one, but I need to. I didn't end up finishing it because I was tired. So I need to come back to it. So wait, maybe we can... Yeah, we'll talk through that next week, maybe. And that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, one thing I will say about the Pat LeBour, like the OVAs at least, is that the the writing of the humor in this is much better than in something like uh, another show I've been watching which is Gundam ZZ like the sequel to Mobile Suit Gundam sorry Zeta Gundam and stuff that that's like really trying to ham up like the humor and like force it whereas like in this like there's genuine like there's like visual gags and there's just like timing is really well done here so it's like mm. really well written Okay, that, that's like a, what I really appreciated, and like I don't, know, I'm sure it's in the movie as well. But there's like, like subtle things like um, the way someone speaks, or the way like they like a gesture they make, or even the way something's framed. It's like really, really cinematic, and it 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 really does, um, I guess, show that like anime can be just as cinematic as as like a like a big budget film, in terms mm-hmm. of like cinematography. It was really cool. Yeah, that's cool to hear that Overs are like probably to the same standard as I've seen that I saw in the movie. So it's like, mm. sad to get to those. But um, yeah, yeah. Because I think the movie came out the same year as the OVAs finished. Oh, okay. So it's, and like, yeah, it's weird. Um, but we'll talk about it next week, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you get to watch the OVAs, I, I would recommend it, man. Hmm. All right, cool. Sweet. Well, uh, we didn't have anything on the website this past week unfortunately but we are working on things they're all in the background they will be coming out soon so keep an eye out on doublejump.co for some awesome articles coming up john let's uh let's move on to the news then yes the biggest news was uh nintendo held one of its directs this one was focused on I guess it was entirely about games coming out in the first half of the year. Yeah, a lot of announcements. And mm. I like, even for games we didn't know, we already knew about, I mean, like lots of updates as well. Yeah, especially if you're a fan of JRPGs. Yeah, a lot of those. <laughs> um, so we'll just run through yeah, go um, through each it, one because in my painstakingly <laughs> done show notes, which took a long time. So first up was Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. Um, this was this is a Musu-style spin-off like Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, or Persona Strikers, which we talked with Kai about a bit a few weeks ago, um, or the first Fire Emblem Warriors from a few years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so Musu game, kind of brawler, like, what do you call it? Slash em up sort of thing. Um, yeah. And, like, so the story will be taking place in the same universe as three houses like the proper fire Emblem game but it'll be offering a different a entirely different story so it's not like persona strikers where that one was like technically a sequel to the original persona yeah. 5 or persona 5 strikers actually um but um yeah so we'll see how people like let's see how that turns out i think like a lot of these games have a lot of performance issues <laughs> lately especially the older ones yes. so i'm kind of curious to see how that turns out this time yeah, the Switch is a very interesting console at this stage. Especially for Musu. <laughs> they do not handle... Yep. They do not like those. Um, mm-hmm. af- after that was a release date for Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. Um, finally, I think it's been delayed a couple of times, so, but it's finally got a 
set release date of April 8, 2022, so not far now. Um, a Switch port of No Man's Sky from Hello Games. I don't know how that exists, but it's happening. <laughs> um, I don't think there's a release date for the set for that one yet. Yeah. it's it's That's like... Was anyone asking for this? <laughs> I, I think it's like a fun idea for a Switch. It's just like I'm surprised yeah. it's not like a cloud version or something. It just no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's like it's like it's gonna be so blurry, but I hope it's like good. Like I hope it's a good port. Otherwise, <laughs> but yeah. um, we'll see. Um, after that was the announcement of Mario Strikers Battle League, um, Nintendo's Mario themed soccer title series, which we don't see a lot of. So this is the third in the Mario Striker series, like the first since the I think the two the Wii um, release in like two thousand seven or something. It's been a long time. Mm. I'm pretty sure I might be wrong there. But um, That's a good question. Yeah. So that it, but either way, it marks the third in the Mario Striker series and the fourth Mario themed sports title on Switch. <laughs> so that includes like the tennis games and also the Olympics one, which I always forget came out like you know in the midst of. Um, the delayed Olympics last year. Um, yeah, so like the previous yeah. games, it's a five versus five soccer game, oh football game. I don't know, like it's football here, right? I don't, I never remember how where it is it's, in it's, Australia. It's, 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 it's both. Like technically, okay, both the word soccer and the word football come from the same origin, which is association football was the the formal name for the sport. Oh. So technically, both are correct. Okay, so. It, well, it's in like, Australia, depending on your state, like football could refer to the AFL or NRL, like rugby league or uh, Aussie rules football. I think football, as we call it, soccer, is more like a Victorian thing because, like, most of I think, like, like the like this is where like the A League was kind of like primary, like kind of kicked off from and, and things like that. So, right, it might depend on your crowd. <laughs> okay, I think like now that I think about, it, I think it's just because we have footy. We have AFL, so yeah. I think I just got into used to saying soccer, and also US watching shows and such from the United States. Yeah. That soccer. doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So five five versus five arcade soccer game, no fouls, and the ability to use items. Um, mm-hmm. There's a new feature where people can, players can collect equipment to customize your appearance, and also change the stats, which sounds a lot like how equipment works in Mario Kart. Um, sounds mm. very similar where you kind of, you know, like each equipment like just adds bits, like tiny stats, like nudges it one way or the other. Um, there will be local and online pay, play and it launches June 10. Um, so another, yeah, another game for the first half of the year. Now I think about it, there's a lot of games coming out in the first half of the year now <laughs> with this direct. Um, after that was a new trailer for Splatoon 3. So um, they'll, it featured the new version of um, the co-op Salmon Run mode called Salmon Run Next Wave, or at least that's kind of what it was called in the trailer. I'm not sure if it's actually called that. That's launching in summer 2022 or like winter in Australia, so in a six months-ish, something like that. In um, yeah, like four to, four to six months, yeah. 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 Um, there was the announcement of Front Mission First, um, a remake of the first Front Mission game. And Front Mission, and the announcement of the remake of Front Mission Two as well, coming sometime yeah. in the future. So, I, I think that's so set these, for this yeah. year as well. So, what you, so these were like a mecha, like mecha combat series. I think it's like an isometric, like like, like uh, tactical RPG from looks of it. 
I, I'm not actually yeah, sure. I'm how trying to remember. Uh, people seem really excited about the second one in particular. Gotcha. I think it's one of those sequels where it's just kind yes. of idolized in the fandom. Yeah, it is. Um, the, 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 oh, it actually came out originally on the Super Famicom, oh. but it's uh, front. But Front Mission First was the one that was like the 3D isometric game that came out on the original PlayStation One in 2003. Wow, that's a pretty late <laughs> PlayStation release. That's so late. <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, yeah. Wait, how did people even play it? That's such a weird idea. Um. Anyway. Um. So yeah, it's after the PS2 that. was super expensive, man. Like, oh, okay, the PS2 launched at like eight hundred Australian dollars in the year two thousand. Like, oh. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, because I think I probably only got one like well into the life cycle. I just mm. don't remember exactly. But um, I, yeah, I don't geez. doubt that at all, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, after that, it was um. The announcement of Disney Speedstorm, a free-to-play kart racer that combines like Disney and Pixar characters. It's like a hero racer. That's kind of mm. how this one's different. Um, each hero falls into like a specific class, so speed characters or power characters, etc. It's developed by GameLoft, the kind of mobile game dev powerhouse. <laughs> they release a yeah. lot of games. Um, um, affiliated with Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Oh really? I don't. I don't. Yeah. So, <laughs> how's this? Interestingly enough, um, Eve Gimmo's brother runs GameLoft. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, yeah. It's very upsetting. Funny how that happens. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So there will be anyway, cross platform. <laughs> so as a free to play title, it will also have cross platform play, and there'll be new tracks and characters released in the future after it launches, mm. and it'll be releasing in summer slash winter in Australia this year as well. Um, there is a port of Star Wars The Force Unleashed, the first one, um, for the Switch in particular because it's based on the PS2 versus Wii version of the game. So this is the Star Wars game with the character Starkiller, who people have yep. like universally forgotten. <laughs> it's So the original game, I think it's like, I might have my details a bit messy, but like the 360 PS3 version, pretty sure, um, that was done by LucasArts in-house. Um, then there was another another version of the game by Chrome, the Australian developer, um, yeah. who did the PS2 and Wii versions of the game. And the Wii versions also had motion controls, as expected. Um, this one's generally, as as I could tell, it's like reading up on it after its announcement. It's generally be- better received than the original one. It kind of has more content, has more like unlockables and stuff. It has like this... Um, has a local multiplayer like dual mode that will be in this version as well um and th- but where that one only had motion controls for wii and button controls for ps2 this one have both um and i think that's kind of all the information there it um it's releasing on april 20 later this year so mm. interestingly actually- like chrome studio is like very long history of like doing ports and and like doing projects like this so it's uh it's it's interesting hearing that name again. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're actually also working on this port as well. That's yeah. something I forgot to mention. So they made it, and yeah. now they're helping out with porting it to a Switch as well. Yeah. Um, Shout out to uh, Chrome Studio. Um. Uh. And uh, yeah, Robert and the team over there. Like it's, I guess they had uh, like a tough period a few years ago, and they bounced back. And it's good to see like now that the government's kind of getting behind the local scene. Hopefully, we'll see more coming out of uh, homegrown studios. 
yeah, like it seemed to be doing okay nowadays, which is nice. Um, next Coming was... Coming out on 420, of course. <laughs> right. Very appropriate you know that, for that... Star Wars. <laughs> Everyone knows Star Killer's like the biggest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, him, like that's that whole side quest with the giant mushroom that was, and the giant, <laughs> giant um, marijuana plant, that was definitely... Like, there has to be... what like, <laughs> His saber's shaped like a bong, of course. Yeah, because like the only... The only drug I've heard of being referenced to in Star Wars is spice. Yeah, did that come up before Boba Fett or something? I actually don't remember that in other <laughs> stuff. I, I Me neither. Like, this is the first time. It's probably in Clone yeah. Wars or something. It feels like one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's It's probably. Yeah. Something from Dave Filoni's mind. Anyway. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> uh, after that was the long-awaited announcement of Chrono Cross Remaster, um, the PS1 um, JRPG from 2000 that was a follow-up to Chrono Trigger so it wasn't a sequel it was a follow-up so like sequels similarities but it wasn't like a direct follow-up to the story so this um, port is called Chrono Cross the Radical Dreamers because it also includes a 1996 text adventure game called Radical Dreamers which was actually um, originally made for the Satellite sat- sat- yeah, yeah. So I don't actually know what this means. So it says a satellite modern peripheral for this. Yes. I guess it just means extra. Is that what, or is it actually something no, else? No. So like, so Sega had I think SegaNet or Telenet, and um, the the Super Famicom in Japan had um, Satellaview. So that's basically you pl- you bought a a modem attachment. You could connect to the internet and download games online. And some of these games were exclusive. To this, um, like subscription service. Wow! So it's like a, it's it's and think of it, 1996. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like guess I, super I guess I was about to say it's like why would it be like a text adventure exclusive? But I guess it's like that's easier Probably to download to. in 1996. Yeah, <laughs> that's like it's small. Um, but like what what blows my mind is that like uh, Chrono Trigger is a huge game, like in terms of the scope of it and all the different endings and everything. Like trying to link that, um. Uh, like, so it's like a side story, and then so Chrono Cross. So like, I think Radical Dreamers kind of also links into Chrono Cross as well in a way. Okay. So it's it's like a, it it's kind of like that in between novel, bet- between two like um like major movies or something. Like you could think of it that way. Right. Um. Otherwise, the remaster will include upgraded visuals and enhanced soundtrack. New quality of life features like turning off random encounters, which sounds like I don't know if that's an option. I'm guessing that's kind of like heaven <laughs> for this kind of game. <laughs> um, otherwise, it's releasing on April 7 for PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, it's kind of weird because yes, yeah. sorry, you go. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to mention it's like every time I read Xbox One nowadays, I'm always kind of freaked out. Or it's like, oh, what's that word? <laughs> like, it's always, it seems so <laughs> rare nowadays. Oh, I know. What I don't understand is that... Okay. <laughs> Why is there no re-release of the original Chrono Trigger? <laughs> oh, it was on PC, right? Like, it got, got, a, no, it got like, a exactly, pretty shoddy port, and then they upgraded it significantly. But I guess it, it could be on Switch as well. That would be nice. Like, there hasn't been a re-release on a Nintendo platform since the original DS in 2006, I think it was. Right. Um, And I think they did, like, a really crappy mobile port that was like thirty bucks or something ridiculous, like yeah, ten years yeah. ago. Yeah, and that, that's what they bought at the PC. PC. <laughs> was the exactly. mobile port, and then they had to fix it. 
Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, okay, so you're doing all this work for Chrono Cross. Okay, fair enough. And then also for this, like, esoteric text adventure game that was on some, that was on a very, like, rare online-only service in the 90s. But then the original <laughs> game that everyone loves, you're not doing. Like, do you think, maybe this is, like, to test the waters, to test the, like, the the ability of the developer to get it working on Switch and then maybe we'll get a fully blown Chrono Trigger like re-release next year maybe oh yeah maybe they're remaking it because like they did like Secret of Mana right or like the that series yeah. a bit I'm yeah, not sure yeah. what because that was by Square Enix as well right yeah because like Chrono Trigger was one of okay so it was so back in the day there were like Enix and SquareSoft were the two like big houses of like jrpgs i mean you get i guess you had sega with like ease and and other, other stuff as well but like in terms of the big uh like big things was square's final fantasy and idos had dragon quest and chrono trigger was the first kind of collaboration between the two teams it was actually like an event in a way because like you had the art direction from um akira toriyama who made dragon ball and then you had like kind of like the square development team like kind of working together so it was like a kind of like a big deal like marvel marvel and dc coming together yeah in terms of like japanese gaming so i like, did not know that actually i don't know yeah, how i didn't I'll, know it <laughs> but uh, it, it's, yeah, it's one of those things deal. that like yeah like it's not something that's i, I guess chrono trigger is not talked about every day <laughs> well it's like i guess so it would have helped if i played it because it's like chrono trigger is one of those games where it's game, so like yeah. universally beloved and it's kind Dude. of like I know it's on the P. I've oh. got the PC version, so I got I bought it a few <laughs> months ago. I just haven't got around yeah. to it. And like I, um, I played it on an emulator. I never finished it, but it's like amazing. There's so many different endings and stuff. The music is incredible. Like, hmm. um, I, I I really really loved it. And also, like, I, I even love the um, man, even the uh. The art style was so cool. The way the characters were written were really cool. Like, um, one of the names that I have for like one of my kids that I'm gonna have is like that name came from this game. Like that's like, it's crazy like that. <laughs> and you haven't that finished was the first it. RPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played. Oh man, you you but gotta. It, yeah, it is like it. It is. It does stand out like that. They're remastering this, which is for as far as I know, completely worthy of this kind of level of remaster. But they're, they're so kind of like hands off with Chrono Trigger because that's what I was like saying. It's like I wouldn't be surprised if they're remaking it at this point with like a 3D or even oh, yeah, I think there was a rumor of that, wasn't there? I actually don't remember now. Like of the remake? Of yeah, remake? that was yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So yeah, anyway, I I, I would imagine that's uh, like now that I think about it, it, I bet that's friend, happening. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> definitely play it. <laughs> that's enough on Chrono Trigger. Um, so after that was the a new enough. trailer. <laughs> <laughs> there was a new trailer for Kirby and the Forgotten Land, the 3D platformer that's coming out this year. Kirby. Yes. Um, it <laughs> featured a very unsettling mouthful mode and a number of other features as well. But we're going to focus on that for a second. It seems a lot like, functionally, it seems very similar to like throwing your hat on stuff in Mario Odyssey, where you kind of like possess it and now you control it. Um, except now it's like, it's really scary because like Kirby is like, ends up like stretching itself out like latex over like... <laughs> vending machines and cars it's, it's like the, you know when a snake eats something that's too big <laughs> and you see like it, that's what it looks yeah, like yeah and then it takes it over <laughs> yeah so a gaping more yeah so it's 
it's very it's appropriately unsettling for Kirby, the godlike figure of gaming. Um, I mean, yeah, because like in in um, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, isn't like Kirby the like because Kirby can travel faster than light. He was like the savior of the universe. Is I, I that think the that reason? Was like the plot line. <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure there was a plot line in that, which is okay. which is crazy. I feel like it's already been established <laughs> for a long time that he is like comically overpowered, or not overpowered, but just like absurd in terms of like just what <laughs> how powerful he is. But um, yeah. So yeah, so mouthful mode, big feature of Forgotten Land. Um, Otherwise, um, copy abilities can be evolved and upgraded as you progress. There seems to be a lot more progression elements because there seems to be, I think there's like a base hub that you can like upgrade with like new buildings. And part of that is like coming back and like upgrading the copy powers that you want. So like, for example, the cutter power evolves into the chakram cutter. Um, and like, there's a few others they showed off as well. But um, yeah, it kind of looks like they're really fleshing out the Kirby kind of formula which is very exciting to me because like I love like I love Kirby games in theory, but they tend to be very easy and not really compelling enough to like follow all the way yeah. through. And I love the idea of That's a three D one, and it looks like they're really kind of going further than just making a very easy three pl- D platformer. You mm. know, because I think and Kirby has like a good reputation in terms of quality. Like I think people really liked was it Triple Deluxe the one on um, I think that was the one on the DS. I think people liked Kirby's Epic Yarn, which I still think is a great is is a great name for a game because that was the one where it was like, like Kirby's in a world of crafts and stuff. Like there was like everything's made out of yarn. Like that was that one that was like because I've only played uh, the ones I always remember the is one? the one. Oh, okay. No, there's one that's like a pinball one where like you draw the lines on the DS screen. I love that one. Uh, and um, and yeah, there was a mecha one, one from around like five years ago that was yes, quite that good one, as well. Um, God, I, I don't remember the... Because that, that actually... People really did like that one. Um, mm. uh, yeah, because I, I have it. <laughs> I have the Squid Mecha Squid? one. Oh. And I really... I was really excited for getting it. But I only have like a 2DS. And the game nub thing is like slightly broken. Terrible. So it's oh, like, no. I just don't okay. want to play it. <laughs> it's Sheesh. so frustrating. But... Um, um, was it Star Allies? Is that the one? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, that's for the Switch. Um, Planet Robobot. That's the That'd one. That'd be it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and it's a spiritual sequel to Triple Deluxe, which was from oh 3ds. Okay, I'm mm. thinking of um Kirby Canvas Curse. That's the one of the DS. Oh that yeah, that like, one. People really like that one. And then uh, I, I I love the um Epic Yarn. Like when I saw that, that was just amazing. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, that one's great. Well, I haven't so played good. that one, but I it's yeah, one of those ones where you just um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we always talk about games we haven't played. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's right. Because <laughs> like that's the gimmick. Yoshi's, I played Yoshi's Woolly World on the 3DS. That right. was a lot of fun. Uh, but mm. that was also another one of those like really super easy game. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, but it was cool. It was cool to watch it, and like the it's like very cutesy and stuff. Hmm. Awesome. Um, I just love doing that. Jeez, that's a pretty Sorry. good one. <laughs> pretty good impression. <laughs> that actually kind of catches you off guard. <laughs> It's like, oh, whoa, where's this high-pitched voice? Um, Yeah, just walk into a a dark room and you just hear that in the background. You just run. (laughs) Um, So after breathing on your neck. (laughs) That's what I want Yoshi to do. (laughs) Um, No king charming, all right? (laughs) 
<laughs> wouldn't dream of it. Um, <laughs> after, okay, enough with Kirby. After Kirby was um, the announcement of Klonoa uh, mm. Fantasy Reverie Edition. So remastered version of the two 2.5D like side-scrollers from 1997 and 2001. So it's a remaster of Klonoa Door to Phantom Meal. I think I pronounced that right, on PS1. And 2001's um, Klonoa 2 Lunatis Va- Man, these words are weird. Um, so <laughs> Klonoa, Klonoa 2 on PS2. And that's kind of, I think yeah. that's kind of the extent of the series too. I don't think there's much more. We, though, I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll get into people spin-offs like in a second. Like, I remember people, like people I think have a fondness for them, but I don't know if there was an outcry of like, um, <laughs> you know, a re-release, but hey. Oh, I've seen some fan, people wanting them. And they actually look really nice. Like I love the style of them. And I'll say as well yeah. now, I, I for whatever reason, I played a lot of the beach volleyball spin-off as a kid. I don't know why I even had that game. Like mum bought it for me. I don't <laughs> know why. Or maybe it was from the rental, like from like, you know, Video Easy rentals. Like, I don't know. I played a lot of that and I really liked it. And I kind of had like a nostalgia for its like aesthetics. So I'd actually really like to play the originals. Um but in this, like, so the remaster is coming out on Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox consoles, and PC. Um, there will be revamped graphics, adjustable difficulty settings, and two-player co-op. And it will be releasing on July 8th. Um, so that's exciting. Exciting for me, because mm. I, I do actually want to play them. Yes, and maybe beach volleyball will be like a um, su- surprise unlock. I would love that actually. Uh, that that's so that sounds so good to me. Um, after that was the announcement of Portal Companion Collection, a remaster. I'm not even sure if it's a remaster, but it's a collection of or switch ports of both Portal and Portal Two. Um, it'll be mark. It'll mm-hmm. be retailing for twenty US, which is around probably scales up to around like thirty six here or something like that. I think something that ridiculous right? like that now. At least thirty, <laughs> um, which is kind of cheaper than I expected to be honest. These games usually tend to yeah. be a lot. Um, and it will be releasing sometime this year, and that's kind of all the announcement info on that one. A remake uh, there is a after that was a remake, the announcement of a remake of the cult RPG uh, Live Alive. Um, so this is a cult 1994 RPG by Square. It's being pub mm. like this remaster. This remake is being published by Nintendo, so I wouldn't expect it on anything else other than Switch. Yeah. Um, so it is as a remake. It is in the HD two D style. So this is exactly. It looks very very similar to Octopath, um, whatever the other word is. I just put it Traveler. 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 That's right. I always remember Octopath because yeah. why would you forget it? <laughs> well, it stands but, out. Yeah. Yeah. Traveler. Um, yeah. Not so much. And the upcoming. Uh, and up, yeah, so I like Octopath and the upcoming Triangle Strategy. And like it was mm. never released in the West either. It was like only Jap- Japan. So it's kind of gotcha. that's kind of why it's a cult following as well, is because no one's played it except for people really <laughs> dedicated to playing it. <laughs> Apparently, um, Takashi Takeda, who's the the director of the original Live Alive game, this was his debut as a director, and Chrono Trigger was a game he directed the next year. Wow, that's <laughs> hmm. oh, so a lot the- of Chrono Trigger. This <laughs> this announcement. <laughs> um, so that where is Chrono Trigger? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a licensing thing. Maybe the music. Oh, I think there were. Maybe there was some licensing thing because I know, like, with like Mother Two and stuff, Earthbound in in the, in Australia. Like, I think maybe it's one of those things where maybe the song sounded similar to like the Beatles or something. <laughs> oh, okay, 
I think it might have been the the issue. Maybe that um, remake will be like HD 2D like this one as well. That'd be kind of uh, neat. Dude, maybe. I, I I would buy it. I don't know if I'll ever... <laughs> I probably would I'll never finish it again, but I would definitely <laughs> play it again. I, I would buy it on Switch just to support it. Um, And I remember um, like... Is it Remix? I don't know what it is. It was like a... There was like a, a collective of musicians who do remixes. I forget the name of the the website but there was like a special like Chrono Trigger remix album and that was like something that I was listening to on my iPod back in the day okay and yeah like like uh, the um the the soundtrack to Chrono Trigger like is is just like really sticks in your head it's yeah I, I think when you play it I'd love to hear your thoughts oh well I don't know when I'll play it <laughs> I feel like that's it's actually more motivation that I've ever had to play it other than knowing it's good <laughs> Um, so yeah maybe we'll see if i get to soon see how great would it be you could just chuck your headphones on play in bed you know what i mean yeah that's the thing oh, i well, guess you could oh, that's, on the steam deck but i yeah. might get into it later probably not but like i've like my both my joy con control oh, controllers yes. have been like got Drifting. stick drift i like they got it at, like the same time uh, so, so i can't <laughs> i was like oh how anyway. long have you had your switch oh like two and a half years or so it's kind of old. Fair it makes enough. sense, but it's like I was like really, I, well, really getting off track now. I'll, I'll get into it later. Uh, so but, sorry. <laughs> that's my fault. Um, but anyway, live, uh, live alive. Its gimmick sounds a lot like um, Octopath. Live alive. Live alive. Where it's yeah. Well, they said live alive because that's why I'm saying it like that. Is because they said that in the direct. Oh, okay. Live yeah. alive. Because otherwise, I would have <laughs> definitely said live alive, even though that that does definitely sounds worse. Um, so the, it sounds a lot like Octopath in premise, uh, in concept. So it's like, um, you seem, it seems to be broken down with like seven chapters. So seven eras, like, so each is like kind of a mini JRPG in its own right. So each one has like a distinct storyline, distinct art, and even like distinct gameplay style. So across prehistory, mm. Wild West, Imperial China, etc. They all have like, um, and then there's like further, like more unlockable chapters afterwards that kind of tie it together. So it's not yeah. like, I don't know, like, I, to be fair, I kind of get, like, com- drawn into, like, games, trailers very easily. So I'll use, I keep saying, it's like, I really want to play it and then never playing it. But this one, like, was more, um, just more compelling from a trailer than, like, I expected to be, where it's like, oh, this is weirder than I expected this game to be. When you think of, like, a JRPG from the 90s, it's like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fair. So after the announcement of Live Live, um, there was an announcement of Nintendo <laughs> Switch Sports. Um, Sorry, it's a silly name. I, that's I kind of love it. It's, it's so strange, um, but yes, yeah, so, so nineties Japanese. <laughs> yes, yeah, probably. Um, so yes, so the announcement of Nintendo Switch Sports was announced. So it's a follow up. I think they technically said it was a sequel to Wii Sports, the original pack in for the Wii. But it's like there yeah. was also Wii Sports Resort, which it seems also kind of linked to because of one of the games included. So yeah. like those games, all about motion controls. Um, from the original, it has tennis and bowling, and then which are the ones everyone remembers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, the new games is badminton and chambara, which looks a lot like the sword play from Resort, like that sword play game. So it's like mm. fencing kind of, except it's more about like wildly swinging against each other with your, with your controller um <laughs> after, and volleyball and soccer and then in a later update in spring in spring australia um it will be 
um, golf added as well, which is also from the original, I believe. Um, I never realized that there was no Wii U sports. There was no Wii U sports. Yeah, they they with Wii U they missed like so many like obvious money making opportunities for a console that was like dying right away. Mm. So it's kind of yeah, yeah. The name was yeah. I, th- I think there were a lot of problems with it, but I think the main thing was like people probably didn't realize that it was like a new console. They thought it was like an update to the Wii, mm. like a yeah. new accessory. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like it took this long for Nintendo to do another sports game. It's been like mm. so long. And, like, what they launched the Switch with instead was that 1-2 Switch game instead, which I kind of get because it showed off the haptics, but it definitely wasn't the best idea. (laughs) Unless you're on a Switch Lite and then you can't play that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, Well, that's the thing. Like, if this came out, if if there was, like, a Nintendo Switch Sports, imagine that was packed in with the Switch. I think it would have been even more popular. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's. Um, I mean, it's like obviously doing fine. <laughs> like, so I think there was yeah. also an announcement that it sold. It's um, outsold like every Nintendo console ever or something. Like the Switch yeah, it lately, just outsold. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, last week. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it yeah, needs it the kind of leg up the Wii U absolutely needed, but it would have been nice. Um, I would have liked it. So, um, other yeah. So more details. So Ring Fit Adventures leg strap accessory that could also be used in the soccer game for yeah kicking. Um, there's going to be local and online multiplayer. So I think it's first online multiplayer for the series. I don't think Resort had it either. Yeah, I don't think it did either, no. Um, there is an online beta test on February 18 to 20, which I'm not sure when this podcast is coming out, but it's probably a little too late to get in. But, you know, matching it anyway. And it's launching on April 29 is pretty soon hmm. um hmm. yeah so after that was the announcement of a new update for metroid dread so it adds two new difficulty modes dread mode which is just one hit death that's kind of simple and then there's an easier yeah, rookie if you mode. go back to the beginning of the game <laughs> yeah oh is that what happens it can't be right yes no no legit one hit death and i think you like it wipes i think you go back to the beginning of the, the game. oh so it's like an iron man mode then okay exactly yeah yeah Oh, Iron Woman, I guess, in this, oh, yes. in this case. <laughs> um, and then there was also an easier rookie mode, which there's been there's less details on because Dread Mode's kind of simple. Um, and yeah. then there was also a boss rush mode being added, which is, yeah, so kind of like basic modes that um, I imagine don't take a ton of work, but, you yeah. know, welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should get like uh, our reviewer of Dread to get on that. I forget who reviewed it. <laughs> Uh, um, was it e- no, Ethan? Yeah, that probably. <laughs> I'm not sure actually. <laughs> I did like I, I I read it recently. I forget. Um. So yeah. So after that announcement, um, mm-hmm. there was also the announcement of two Earth Earthbound games being shadow dropped on the Switch Online. So this includes Earthbound on the SNES and the Earthbound Beginnings on the NES. Um, as I understand it, Beginnings was exclusive to the NS, NES Classic. Like, that was kind of one of its exclusive pack-ins. Of, I think that's right. Maybe I'm wrong. Actually, no, it might have been a Wii U now that I think about it. I really should have looked into it. I remember there being some deal about how hard it is to get it, though. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So, Earthbound Begins. Was it, is it called Earthbound Begins? Beginnings. Beginnings. Which was basically Mother One. It's Mother One, but just 
in the West. I th- it was um, it was because it was released in the West, like almost like fifteen years after Earthbound, which was Mother Two. So it's just kind of, so it just kind of got retroactively renamed <laughs> for oh, the right. West. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, that's why. That's why it's like so weird. Yeah. Yeah, so another opportunity to play and not finish a classic RPG that I need to play. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> that's another one. Like, I had the same experience with Earthbound that you had with uh, Chrono Trigger, where it's like oh, I, really? I, I played like a good chunk of it. Because I, I played it on my phone with an emulator, that one. I just never got Hell back yeah. to it. Um, that was years ago as well. But um, yeah, okay. So not much, not else there. So that'll be on the, what's it called? Switch Online subscription service mm. like not on the expansion pack because it's on the actual you know snes and nes um after that was the announcement of booster course pass for mario kart 8 deluxe edition so new dlc after years. <laughs> um so this will include 48 new tracks so like new in quotations because they're all remastered tracks from previous titles but this actually like literally doubles the amount of tracks in the game so it's currently there's 48 so this will bring it up to 96 once the pass has been fully released. Because it's coming out in waves as well. I think five mm. waves or six or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of new stuff coming to Mario Kart 8 after years of it being released. Um, which I think <laughs> yeah. suggests something about where Mario Kart 9 is, but we'll we'll get to that in a sec. Um, so this it will makes be... Sense. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the it'll be a lot like the Animal Crossing DLC, um, which so it'll be included with the pricey expansion pass subscription that was announced a few a uh, few months ago um mm. so you won't need to buy it that, that was priced pretty well it's like 36 dollars australian which is a lot for yeah. like an entire new games worth of game um content to play oh there was also mm. an announcement today as of recording i think maybe it was announced earlier that um you can actually play online on these courses if one person owns it so you don't even oh, have to good. you can play every course for free you don't even have to like which is like a really cool way of doing it, actually. So it's like it doesn't split the community at all. Like the only Good. reason to buy it really would be to play it local, and which would be most people anyway. Or maybe not most, but a lot enough to make a profit pretty easily. Um, yeah. So another detail is that um, since it's been announced, fans have been kind of seemingly discovered that a lot of these have been imported from Mo- Mario Kart Tour, the mobile mm. games, because yeah. they kind of have like far less detail they're far simpler and they, they seem to be identical to what you see in that game so it's kind have of played they, that no i kind of heard i know people seem to like it okay but it's yeah, like i already I have mario it. kart 8 so i don't really feel yeah exactly necessary. um but it's like the tracks don't they just don't really resemble the like amount of detail that mario kart 8 deluxe like base tracks have so it's kind of yeah I can people are kind of yeah, bummed about I'm just that trying to think back. yeah because like i like mario kart tour but yeah you're right like touch controls and stuff they're not as responsive not as fun as playing it on the actual switch so yeah definitely like there's a lot more particle effects and a lot more like kind of just general detail in all the levels so that makes sense um but you'd you'd hope that okay if it's literally like a copy and paste job you'd hope that nintendo would make it free (laughs) well in that sense i don't mind it it's like you're still getting like so many tracks so I think it's like, and it's yeah. like relatively cheap for what it is. Like I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. That's but true. like, so it's like in that sense, I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Um, but it is kind of disappointing because those like the bass tracks are so gorgeous in their like individually mm. that it's like, oh, you don't really get any more of that. You just kind of get tracks that look 
more or less how they originally looked or even worse even just because they were like scaled down to mobile hardware so um yeah anyway still i'm still excited about it even though i'll probably i'm not sure i'll touch it maybe i don't know if i ever get the expansion pass i'll probably play it but um <laughs> that, i'm not sure that's happening um and then the final you'll get access to all those half-assed uh nintendo 64 ports as well yes that's right <laughs> I do want to play some of them, but it's like, I'm not sure. The, and I like, also, I've been kind of scared off because of how, like, you can buy the 64 controllers for those, like, to play with yeah. it, and you can't yeah. get it, get those seemingly at all anymore. And, like, every time yeah, I hear yeah, about yeah. it, it's like, oh, should I, like, it feels like one of those things where if I'm going to play these games for the first time, I should just play it with <laughs> the actual 64 controllers. And then it's just like, I don't know. I end up, like, getting my head. It's like, oh, is this worth doing? Not really. So oh, then I yeah, just... I yeah, I don't know if they did another batch of um of those like wireless N sixty four controllers. That's yeah. yeah, that's a good that's a good point. But it's like I don't know. Like uh, also, I've heard about how bad those ports are. <laughs> I don't yeah, think they've gotten like, much better. Mm. They, I know they've gotten better, but I have a feeling they're not great yet. Like, so if I hear they're great I, again, maybe. Like the the Nintendo sixty four is like when I was a kid. Like, that was, like, my Nintendo console that I grew up with. So, for me, I, I like, I, I was always holding out for Nintendo to release, like, a, you know, Nintendo 64 Classic or Nintendo 64 Mini. Like, mm. that would that would be, like, the console for me because, like, like I did with a lot of, like, consoles, like, I had, like, three games <laughs> and I didn't have the... <laughs> expansion pack or whatever so i couldn't play some games i didn't have the like i didn't like get the accessories until like years later when you trade it or buy them really cheap right so like imagine like playing like buying like a thing that you plug into your tv and it's just got like 20 games already on it and like it's got modern features like saving and all that stuff that's just like built in yeah like, that would be incredible yeah because i never i was never able to get a 64 oh i never like sort one out really but like you know i started with like ps1 and then most of my time was spent on ps2 as a kid and then i went from there and even then it's like you know i didn't have like you know didn't have a ton of money to buy stuff until like basically after high school that's kind of when i started to like get more access to games when i actually had money to buy stuff so it's like my Hmm. gaming history is pretty spotty in terms of like really having like a good probably similar to me yeah so it's like my point was that like a nintendo 64 classic like that that in particular is very enticing to me compared to like a nes classic or a snes classic cause, just because i yeah. don't have much i just I have much like two... i'm not drawn to those games because they're kind of like yeah before us. so yeah it's like 64 is basically like of the same era as ps1 which is like yeah. what i grew up with and that's what i'm nostalgia for but it's like yeah. all new which is also enticing and they didn't make the 64 classic so um, yeah that's the thing yeah well okay w- what is your console history what, what what did you like let's, let's talk about that <laughs> what, okay, what did you so, start off with um i started with ps1 as a kid which i i don't mm-hmm. think i played much i like so i played like the spyro games on that and then mm-hmm. honestly i don't think much else <laughs> i don't think like i think that after that it kind of went on to because i didn't get many games almost ever and i played the yeah, hell out like, of the certain ones you used to get like one game a year or like maybe two if you're lucky yeah exactly and like lots of rentals of games like I didn't yeah. never played enough to like remember either, you know. And then yeah. after that was PS2, like 
a little while into its life cycle. I got one of those silver ones. I don't know when they came out. Ooh, yeah, that would have been, I think, like 2004, 2005, the PS2. There was a, I think there was an original, like, Fat Boy Silver. And then it was, was a like fat a, one, yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure when. And that would have been, like, was. 2000, maybe four. Yeah. I, I love that thing. <laughs> and then I played uh, Ratchet and Clank a lot, like those games, which I don't think I knew at the time was, like, the same developer. That was weird learning that later in life. <laughs> um, it was, like, both <laughs> Insomniac. And then, um, then after that, I got, like, what was it? Oh, yeah, I got a Wii after that spent time like it's a lot like a lot of single consoles setups and then uh what was it had a 360 and at some point i kind of like traded it all in for a ps3 because my friend had one which is very (laughs) which is very expensive there's a um and then (laughs) yeah and then i started i think i got like a gaming well i didn't get a launch one i was like well into you know um but it's well into it, yeah. and then after that i got a gaming pc set up it was still like it's still more expensive than a 360 though um mm. and then yeah then i got a gaming pc for a little while and that eventually died in a few years <laughs> but that's kind of what opened up the way to like ps4 and just everything else that's kind of oh yeah and i had a ds oh, that's in, so cool. like early high school as well <laughs> lots, of, lots of like that's you so know cool, man. individual consoles with not a ton of games Um, yeah i guess for me yeah uh like my earliest memories are like i think i had a hand-me-down like super famicom slash nes clone called the family i think it was just called family games it was like (laughs) a black console it was um yeah and had like those cartridges where it was like 100 games in one and and stuff i remember it was like a Uh, i think there was like a, a dragon or a ninja on the cover of it uh, I had one of like, those yeah. like hundred um hundred game kind of things. I think I had two yeah. actually, but there's one I remember that I think I still have somewhere for <laughs> Game Boy because we had a like a one of those big yeah. chunky Game Boys, like the wow. first ones, and then before like, even the and, pocket. Yeah, and then we got like a Game <laughs> Boy Color and a little bit after that, like all you know sec like second hand, like these were not. Yeah, I never got an advance, and then like skipped straight to D- DS, like that I actually saved up for and stuff as a kid, and yeah. then. Hey, but uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Cut you off. <laughs> no, no, uh, all good, man. Um, yeah, so like that's what I kind of remember as like being in my house, and then I think it was um, uh, I think nineteen ninety-eight. I think nineteen ninety-seven, maybe. I had um, uh, I got a, uh, I got a Nintendo sixty-four for my like Christmas slash my birthday. And and it had one game which was Top Gear Rally, which is oh. like the first three levels of which are like forever embedded in my head, in my <laughs> brain because like I don't think it had um because I didn't have the exp- uh, the save pack the expansion pack to like save oh, the okay. game so I think oh. yeah and, uh, yeah it kept getting like like my progress kept getting like reset <laughs> right oh yeah like but like on topic of um you know childhood racing games like there's this one yeah. called um Speed Freaks on the ps1 that i have my like one of my best friends actually knows it as well and they're like one of the, the three people on earth who does sounds familiar. like no like i don't know how like that like that's such a strange game because well, it's wow. not that strange it was just like wow. you know completely forgotten and it's like it was like, <laughs> i liked it because it's like a mario kart clone or with all these original i think they're all original characters i don't think they're from anything else yeah um oh my and- god <laughs> so the the company that made that made um the conan games 
oh. like Conan Exiles and, and Conan Online and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Anarchy Online is made by them. Oh wow, this is this is crazy. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, this is amazing. I love this. Uh, I I love like all this um, like weird, the history of all, where all these companies started. <laughs> yeah. But it's like I have like you know strong memories of that one. Excuse me. I've like I've like yeah. so few other games from that age. That one's like one of the only ones. Um, but yeah, oh, that's like so cool man. So like Top Gear Rally. <laughs> yeah, Top Gear Rally was like kind of the game that was like I had um, that I played, and then I guess after that was like I, I have like vivid memories of um, like I think that. I think the following year, maybe like my birthday party and everyone playing GoldenEye. Like it was my copy of GoldenEye that I was gifted, but I wasn't playing because I was smaller than everyone. Obviously, oh. all the big kids were hogging it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it. It's, yeah. And then like coming here, like I, like coming to Australia and seeing like Super Smash Brothers like at EB Games, like on the big video screen, they were like just oh, yeah. playing like the demo. Like it was so cool. Like I have really fond memories of the N64. And I guess I had no... So then I got a, a GBA in 2001 with um Jackie Chan Adventures <laughs> and then I, I uh but the I think the I think I had that and the Legend of Zelda like the rem- the re-release of um uh A Link to the Past all oh, right slash yeah. four swords um that was, that was like huge that was like a like definitely another game I never finished like I've started <laughs> that so many times um and then like Later on, like I kind of like traded a few games and things like that, and bought like some secondhand Super uh, sorry, Nintendo sixty four games, like Super Mario sixty four and and like Ocarina of Time and stuff for that. And then like the next console I had was <laughs> the PS three, which I got at launch. It was like a thousand dollars. It was like something ridiculous. <laughs> um, How do you get it at launch? You're not that my much older than I. Were, the, my parents were like, I think I was just spoiled. Like oh, okay. <laughs> I think I was just like a, I was a re- I was a really bratty kid, and I think maybe that was like, I don't know. They they got it for me. I've no idea why. Like I, I've no idea why they spent so much. Yeah. Like even I remember even putting the pre-order down. The guy at the um, at at the Harvey Norman near us was like, "Why are you getting this for your kid? <laughs> <laughs> your kid's like eleven. Your kid, sorry, your kid's like fifteen, and it's probably annoying because I, I remember like I was so pumped it was gonna come out in." I think October or November in 2006 and then got delayed and it came out in 2007. Like we got it, um, it came out exactly one year after the Xbox 360 launched in Australia. And I yeah. remember everyone like giving me shit saying like, oh, you got that. You don't have Mass Effect. You don't have Halo. You don't have this. I'm like, <laughs> shut up. I've got Resistance full of man. And Lair. <laughs> and Haze. Uh, oh, that's like, great. <laughs> Launch I think that was the games. first E3 I watched was 2005. was like the unveiling of the PS3. Okay. Where Ken Kutaragi came out on stage. He had the silver PS3 um, with the uh, like the boomerang controller. Yeah, right. yeah, I was going to say. And like seeing like the place, like the Gran Turismo demos and stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the, I think I don't know if that was the Killzone Two year. Maybe it was where they had that like fake CGI trailer that they said was the real game and and stuff. Like, mm. um, yeah, that's yeah, crazy, crazy times. And then like, yeah, I guess I got a, th- I think I I inherited my sister's DS Lite, and then I got a, s- a Nintendo 3DS like in 2013 or something. Just because like I was like, oh no, 
I got it in like 2016. I was like, oh, should I get a Switch or should I get a Nintendo 3DS? And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll get a 3DS because it's got a proven library. Yeah. Good call. And like, really. um, but uh, and I got that. And I got like the orange and black one, which was like ridiculously dumb, but <laughs> I had to have it because it was the dumbest color I could think of. <laughs> I was like, it makes, I, I was I thinking like, like yeah. it's like the Garfield DS, but it had to be for something else. <laughs> no, no, it was. Oh, pfft, oh no, was that's right. I remember that. Yeah, you're right. It was like an official yeah. color. That it was, was an official color, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think I had to get it with like some weird like Nickelodeon game that was in it because it was like it was like when EB Games like you could only get it as a bundle, all oh, right. And they had to yeah. offload those shitty games to people, and I guess I was one of those people. So I like <laughs> had that and like a couple of games, but I think the game I probably played the most on it was like I don't think it even had Mario Kart DS. I think it was like New Super Mario Brothers, the one on DS. Mm. <laughs> and then I had like Yoshi's Woolly World, and oh, and I loved um. Rhythm, rhythm paradise forever. Oh yeah, because it's rhythm heaven overseas. It's rhythm paradise. Yeah, so okay. I've like fond memories of like flying back on a plane with my. Oh no! I, so I got an Xbox One in 2014 because like for Titanfall two, I was like, oh, I was like, tell my mom, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna be reviewing games for Double Jump. I should have a console. And blah, blah, blah. So I got that and it came in with, with Titanfall. Like the original Titanfall was a pack-in. I remember because it came with the Connect. Like, do, do you know what the funny thing is? I had a pre-order down for the Xbox One at launch. Then I cancelled it. But do you know what, what game it was that convinced me to get a, a, a an Xbox One? No. What was it? Dance Central Spotlight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, now I have a justification for the Xbox One. And that's why I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a killer listen, app. I it's a fantastic game, and um, like playing um, uh, Forza Motorsport Five with the head tracking was really cool because like it would actually like move the camera with where you're looking, so you could like kind of when you look at the apex of a turn, it kind of adjusts for you. So it was it was bloody fantastic. So and then I got a PS4 Pro for my birthday in 2017, and I guess like it's been PC kind of throughout since 2010, and I had like mainly PC from like 2005-ish because like that's just what like because you needed a computer for the home so you just kind of it was easy to kind of justify and like I, I, I would like pirate and play like you know Grand Theft Auto and all that stuff on there but like I think once I got a job I, I made a big deal about like you know what I'm not going to pirate anymore I'm going to buy games and you know like like because it, it seemed fair like I was giving back <laughs> yeah I was never actually like um, because I never, I was never able to get much into game piracy as a kid, even though I definitely would have if I could have. Mm. But um, cracked versions of this and that, yeah, crazy. Yes. But um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of that's so yeah, cool Nintendo, <laughs> I guess. But just to wrap up, so like the last announcement, <laughs> which we've been putting off for a while, um, announced the, the announcement of Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Um, I don't mm. think there's any details there except for fans who like really know the series. So it's like you know, yeah, existing like former characters from both. Um, one and two are featuring mm. featured in the trailer yeah. um, i don't think there's like much else other than just kind of a general idea of the story um, of this entry um, but it is launching in september 2022 um, so a little further mm. out than a number of these games but um yes so that'll be the one of nintendo's big launch titles or like big big launches for this year alongside like Splatoon yeah. 3 and a few others like that's xenoblade chronicles is kind of like that it also worked as like kind of the graphical showcase for the Wii and the Wii U, hmm. so it'll be interesting to see what this means. But 
generally um xenoblade chronicles was like signaled the death of the wii like it was like the last year of the yeah the wii or something so i wonder what that means about the switch i mean yeah. we're definitely due for a new switch yeah also like the misu games these like both xenoblade one and two on switch particular in particular of like have major technical deficiencies especially mm. two from what i understand so it's like it's um yeah we'll see how three turns out because that's like i've seen a lot of concern yes. about that um so <laughs> yeah hopefully it's a bit better this time and yeah that kind of that's wraps up so. the direct yeah i guess that the next uh big story um i'll get you to speak on with team 17 but just briefly um i'll just touch on the fact that uh sony uh detailed the the upcoming uh ps5 beta update uh as part of that essentially the the main changes are going to be to the ps5 game base which is kind of like the hub for every game um and now it's going to be voice chats are now called parties not to be confused with like general parties that you had before in in like on the xbox but i guess it works in a similar way so it's think of a party now as a voice chat um kind of like room uh, and it's going to be split into three tabs so friends parties and messages so trying to like kind of like quality of life improvements there um i guess uh, other things are going to be uh new ui features that are being tested such as by uh, filtering your game collection by genre uh, pretty self-explanatory there keeping home um so i guess it's it lets you kind of um star like five apps and five games that you really that you want to keep on your home screen at all times and you can you can kind of rotate them out i think at the moment it defaults to like recently played or recently downloaded yeah um, sounds right oops sorry my cats are f- f- my cat <laughs> i'm guessing my boy cat is chasing my girl cat oh my god <laughs> sorry I hear it a bit <laughs> um Yes, now you can have more apps on the home screen. Uh, trophies are being updated to be a bit more like kind of decorative and makes it easier to um, see like kind of suggested trophies that like you're kind of like halfway through completing and things like that. Um, in terms of accessibility, uh, we've got uh, more screen, uh, more languages for the screen reader feature, uh, mono audio for headphones so people who might only listen from one um, one ear. Um, I guess like the other things that could be, that would be relevant, um, uh, like now giving you more flexibility in terms of having open or closed party chats, uh, and this is on both PS5 and PS4, um, and that I think the limitation right now is that the only way to do this feature is if the other people you're doing the chat with also are running the beta. Right. Kind of makes sense. Uh, there's also a share play update. Uh, so now you no longer have to go to the share screen. You can actually, um, if you're on the voice chat, if you if you put up your party kind of like a little uh, screen that pops up, you can automatically go into share play. Kind of makes sense. Like if you're already in that mode, why not? Um, uh, let's see. And yeah, I guess that's like kind of the main main things there. Um, it's it's unfortunately the other part of the the beta is voice commands. Uh, which is great in terms of a uh, uh, accessibility feature. It kind of works similar to the um, Xbox Connect. Well, the uh, kind of features. I think it's actually like it's a lot. Yeah, it probably is a lot like that. But it's also like a lot PS, more advanced. The PS4 now. had something like a lot like it as well. Uh, yeah. The thing that stands out about this one is that the DS, like the Dual Sense, actually have microphones in it. So, so it's like actually have the camera. 
Yeah, so it actually makes more sense this time than it did in the PS4, where it's like you had the, the camera set up and like who uses it except for VR. <laughs> and it's like, it's, yeah, like, I, so I'm not sure if I'll use it. Like, maybe. I think there's like a mm. couple of good shortcuts for it. So, but it's like, at least yeah. I can use it this time because it's like just <laughs> right there in front of, in my hands. Um, yeah, I found that like, it actually was handy on the Xbox. Uh, okay. On my, uh, like, Xbox on, Xbox off, uh, you know, Xbox pause, Xbox share, you know, things like that was. And I remember the memes, like the videos of people like like changing their gamer tag to Xbox on or Xbox off. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then people get angry. They yell out that person's name and then <laughs> the Xbox like shuts down or whatever. It's, um, yeah. Um, and, and this preview is only for US um, and the UK at the moment. So it'll be, uh, yeah. I, like as far as I'm concerned, I think the accounts have the, as long as your PSN account is linked is like registered as a US and UK account, you can run it. So you could, I guess, technically change your location setting, create a separate account, and then test it yourself. Okay. But mm, that'll be uh, interesting to see. So definitely something that's uh, being that's coming in the next week or so. So the final story for today is <sighs> some more bad news in terms of toxic, allegedly toxic gaming work cultures, poor pay, and some briefly some nft shenanigans and this time it's over at team 17 the i guess long like veteran developer of the worm series and now like kind of indie game publisher tell us what's been happening john yeah so just to kind of this is kind of a broad summary run through it quickly ish because there's kind of two parts to it so first it starts off with the worms nfts project i think it's called meta worms um so it was announced the end of january everyone hated it like it was a very very swift response um so after like quickly after that Eurogamer reported that team 17 like peop- the employees themselves or it's just several teams at team 17 because it's like a biggish sort of operation they mm. did not know about the nft project before announcement um it was an un- like the sources who spoke to Eurogamer said that almost all of them are like fiercely against nfts in general and also this would lead to harassment of them because that's kind of what nfts do now it's like it's not a it's a very controversial at best sort of Mm. topic so you know it it only hurts the lower people like lower down the ladder so in this case it led to harassment of like community managers managers yeah so that's not great um so like and the people who were aware of it at team 17 were just ignored like they you know they voiced to this approval of the whole project and it went ahead anyway so the day after the announcement um four game developers that published with team 17 like strongly condemned um the nft project so this included ghost town games developer of overcooked the australian mm. dev smg so they move, made moving out and death squared and navigante um dev of greek memories of azure which i believe came out last year um so they all kind of voiced their disapproval pretty strongly although a couple of them are like more political but you know they're coming out and saying we don't like this um the, the fiercest kind of like the strongest response was from agro crab crab agro crab developer of going under they said quote we believe nfts cannot be environmentally friendly or useful and really are just an overall fucking grift and um, they also added in their tweet <laughs> that they would never work with Team 17 again, which is kind yeah. of a 
big like that one's like that one really stands out where it's like okay people like developers are willing to cut themselves off from potential funding resources over this mm. which i don't blame them just because it's like it's not really helping anyone financially aside from people at the top so it's like it was anyway so and this also there was also another company that chimed in platonic um they're developer of ukulele and they're also a small publisher like not as big as team 17 at all but they're kind of just starting out so mm. they they stated that they will not release nfts quote in any aspect of our business now or in the future nor do we endorse the use of nfts in the wider world end quote so not yeah that kind of that kind of sums it up so because they like a few days after they end up backtracking after kind of like weekly trying to defend the whole project and then mm. after that there was a report by Eurogamer who talked with over 12 like at least 12 current employees at team in 17 who said they kind of like end up detailing a lot of frustrations at, at sounds best. like a man yeah it's like it's just that like you know yet another story of you know poorly run game developer that is like just you know hurting the people at the lower levels at the for the benefit of the higher like you know it's just the same kind of story again so this mm. included just management refuses to listen to staff concerns um the company went public in 2018 um so and since then there's been a very big increase in projects without any increase in pay or like you know size of the studio like it's been like ballooning while you know for the sake of making a profit which is you know again familiar um yeah so basically sum that up it's like workloads have risen pay has remained poor there was also a mention of like um, people in quality assurance um team members the pay is really is described as low or terrible and some people have actually stepped into like the exact same role in other companies for more than like 19,000 Australian more like right away. So it's like, it's very, and it was, it was lower as of several years ago as well. Like this is the higher mm. <laughs> uh, um, pay as well. So what else? Yeah. So <sighs> increased overtime, rushed releases. Um, it's kind of like shedding um, employees as well like in the last few years just because yeah. the company has get been the operating fuck out of there you deserve yeah. better get out of there but like that's another thing where it's like it's the uk it's in the uk and there's like fewer opportunities there mm. for game development like i'm sure there's a number you know but i'm sure the people there realize that it's not necessarily going to be easier getting another position which is part of what makes it frustrating as well because like you know they offer low pay because they know there's other benefits they're willing to sacrifice or like so much of their livelihoods. Um, yeah, so there's uh, mention of the current a HR team um, who failed to act on sexual harassment. So staff have like recalled some of these incidents where women at the studio were from Eurogamer, quote, sent degrading messages and suggested photos by male colleagues. And these incidents were minimized perpetrators were given a slap on the wrist and victims were told to sort it out amongst themselves which may be the worst response you could have to these kind of um, incidents and there was also a mention of the ceo debbie bestwick so she's one of the founders um but she's kind mm. of she's been highlighted as like a source of frustration among these employees so for example like um, there were bonuses cut last year which is like a major story amongst them like it was major source of contention among the staff 
um, Bestwick had actually reported to make, be, have made 7.5 million pounds or around 40 million Australian last year. So, yeah. um, and she's not shy of discussing her wealth on social media. So, you know, the employees who see that are just more frustrated that they're just being kind of ignored. Um, it's time for change. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. So, yeah, just lots of small, significant problems at Team 17 that's really come out in the wake of the NFT fiasco, which I feel like it's not going to be the last time I say that, <laughs> um, that kind of um, situation. But, yeah, so I hope that, you know, I really hope that changes. Hope like Because, you know, these people are speaking out because they're trying to demand change after mm. years of trying to do it inside the company and nothing happening. That's scary, man. And, like, like reading stories about people having to kind of, like, skip meals and stuff, like, no one should have to do that. Mm. No one should have to do that, especially, like, like the fact that there's no, f- like, you know, you're talking about the CEO openly flaunting, no faith in the HR team, like, yeah, I just, I, I, like a company at a level of Team 17, like Team 17 has kind of like quietly been celebrated as like an indie kind of champion in terms of like over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So like when when do we hear stuff happening like at Devolver? You know what I mean? Like Yeah, it's like I think a lot of it's... Come out of? It's like Devolver just went public early this year, I think. Yeah. Right? I think that's right. Mm. And it, 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 yeah. um, the, Team 17 the, did remember it Remember in the ago. UK... Remember, it went public in the oh, UK, yeah, that's the right. US. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, funny. But like, um, you know, like they've been operating with a small team for a long time and now they're yeah. starting to, you know, not increase inside dramatically where, you know, Team 17 kind of did exactly what Devolver seemed to be trying not to do, which is like not mm. blowing too fast, not too many projects. It's kind of keeping everything very manageable and they've kind of, you know, people have fallen through the cracks again. Which, like, I find even crazier because it's run by a woman. Like, it's it's one of the few gaming companies, I guess, few tech companies that is, like, led by, a, uh, like, someone who's a female or identifies mm. as a female. And, like, the fact that this, it's, like, the prevalence of sexual harassment in her own company, it's, it's it, it just, I don't know if that's worse. I yeah, don't know. It's, yeah, I guess, guess it's like, yeah. you know. Um, you know, these kind of responses aren't like necessarily gendered, you know, it's like, it's just people yeah. at the higher levels who just do not care about their employees. doesn't matter yeah. who they really are. Kind of keeps happening because this mm. is what happens and yeah, needs to change. <sighs> Hope it changes. It's kind of, fr- it's kind of frustrating, you know, it's like, it's, it's like one of the, yeah, like you said, it's like the indie house and it's like, it's been, you know. Mm. It always it, like it always like it reminds me of what I mentioned the other week, where hearing about the crunch at the uh, tell oh, yeah. not Telltale uh, Traveler's Tales Traveler's Tales at the yeah. ones yeah developer who makes um the Lego games All the Lego, it's like that was yeah. like yeah and that's kind of heartbreaking you know it's like it's like I associate Team Seventeen with Worms games yeah. not that I have a ton of nostalgia for them but I you know I see them like you know as kind of this positive entity in the games <laughs> world that always yeah. seems like a you know wholesome thing almost kind of mm. i don't know maybe not but it's like that's kind of how i see it it's like oh damn it's like them too and it's really bad as well 
I guess but, uh, I guess um, if these allegations are true, and it sounds like there's there's plenty of evidence to show that um, coming out, I guess Debbie Beswick um, joins the list of people like Bobby Kotick, um, like I guess maybe even Mike Morhaime previously at Blizzard, um, uh, and like Eve Gimmo in uh, people who should go fuck themselves and can piss <laughs> off because yeah, you. You knew shit was happening, or you turned a blind eye, and you have literally ruined people's lives. And go like, um, yeah, get the fuck out, kick them out. <laughs> like, why are these people still in positions of power? I do not understand. Yes, yeah. Uh, um, and I guess if you're at Team Seventeen, run. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what else to say because it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. Until Debbie's gone and her and the team around her are gone. Yeah, like because the, the people who spoke kind of like stood by their colleagues as well, so it's like yeah. it's definitely been by the top. So hopefully it's like you know remedied. Like it's it can be changed. You know, yeah, it's not like completely throughout. But yeah, anyway, that kind of wraps up that story for this week. Mm. Wraps up the news, yeah. I think. Yes, so that's that's going to do it for all the the news stories this past week. Sorry to end it on a heavy note. John, let's 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 move it on to the chit chat section and and have a bit more fun. Let let's talk about something that's fun and yeah. Let's uh let's kind of a downer. I guess you've been playing oh, we'll some see. games this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You you've been playing Dirt Rally 2.0. Yeah, because you mentioned it last week, and I remember I had it on PlayStation Plus. Because like I mentioned, oh yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you mentioned it because I was talking about wanting health bars and progression and stuff in racing games. Yes. And I and talked I, about Dirt Rally, the original one, how it had it. Yeah. And then that must have reminded you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I bounced off the first Dirt Rally like two years ago because I, yeah. I, I was thinking about it today where it's like, why did I not enjoy that the first time? Because I really liked it this time. And it's because I turned on manual gear changing like right from the start. And that game <laughs> oh, is like okay. not the best game for that because like, you're already managing enough. Because like, yeah. you know, Dirt Rally is like... It, it, it's pretty mu- it's definitely in the sim racing camp when it yeah, comes it's, to it's very hectic in terms of like moment to moment control so the idea of also having to manage your gear control is like man that was such a stupid thing to do because i'm really <laughs> enjoying it this for. time no it wasn't like, I, I did it oh birth. you just had it oh okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. i know why you did that, that yeah, i'm sorry exactly. but i can't i, I don't understand because <laughs> i think i played it after like doing gt sport like i was i did the school I don't know. Yeah, that, <laughs> the Academy. <laughs> yeah, that one. Like, And that kind of taught me, it's like, oh, I actually like... Because, you know, we've talked about this a few times. Like, I, I, like, yeah. I re- made me realize, like, oh, I like gear changing in games as well now. Yeah. And, like, I, and like, I figured that would also apply to Dirt Rally. And in theory, it kind of would because it's like, it's like Dirt Rally is one of those things where gear changing would matter more. Kind yeah. of, you know, for gaining traction. It's so it. hard, man. Even even with a wheel setup, it's difficult. Yeah, it's... There's yeah, that's so what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> and like but Dirt Rally is like, it's really I'm really loving it because it's like really lengthy mat- like so it's, you know some uh, races or like you know rally courses are like 12 minutes or 15 minutes long and yeah. like you, and if you like fail you either have to take the penalty or restart the whole thing like yeah, there's I don't no think rewind rewind does it no well, as far as I know yeah. it doesn't yeah Um, and then and and you're also like, like locked into like a six or like a number of so it's like each 
uh, championship course or something has like four races, like stages. And, yeah, and each, so it takes like yeah. F- like yeah, so it takes like half an hour or forty minutes or something, and that's without restarting, like each. And the one I just yeah. did had six of those, so it ends up taking like hours to finish one of these. And yeah. it's so like and like and your car is getting damaged throughout it, and, and you, you have to spend money to fix all it. That. I know, right? It's sort that, of like what you were looking for. I think I think that's what we were talking about. Is, yeah, it's uh, like if it's stakes. very so stupidly close to what I was explaining, complaining about, and it's really <laughs> it's really nice to have a problem and then have solved the next week, and 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 something that you already had. <laughs> yes, because I have both of them. I have Dirt Rally One and Two. Yeah, because like I I um I got into Dirt Rally One when it was in early access, like what twenty fifteen or something. Yeah, I remember. I think that. that was like a that was like a huge change for Goldmasters, and that was like it was really cool seeing the development, like the the kind of the evolution of that because Dirt 3 is like one of my all-time favorite games so Dirt Rally was just like oh this is like the sim version like Mm. why not um and it was and it was like super fun and you you kind of like get into a zen like yeah it's all about that rhythm and um yeah it's like you're trying to like keep this balance between the brake like the you know the foot brake and the accelerator and then like yeah. you know very occasional hits of the handbrake it's yeah, like this yeah. like really delicate balance as you're like you know sliding like over like gravel it's yeah it's it's oh, love it it's it's like um <laughs> you know what it's probably like a roguelike for racing <laughs> close i remember that's how like the the early access one was described something like yeah. that i remember like you know it's kind of compared to those kind of games where it's very hard and it's very punishing but it's very rewarding because of it, which is kind so of. If you like I'm Dark Souls, you'll like Dirt Rally. I think that's what I'm hearing here. <laughs> I, I looked. I actually looked up like a video on like you know kind of like <laughs> beginner tips, and it, like the yeah. first line was like, "Dirt Rally has been described as the Dark Souls of racing games." I was like, oh, "Okay," but the rest of yeah. his info is good. So, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the way to think about it is that in a general racing game you're going over like a, a certain course and you're doing a certain l- number of laps. So you get time to get used to it, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in the rally stage, like you're you're driving for kilometers, like literally in-game kilometers. And you're right, like some of those can be 10, 20 minutes. And mm-hmm. so I think the old adage is that if, if road racing or circuit racing is doing um, one corner a thousand times, rally racing is doing a thousand corners once. Yeah, so it's like you have to be really cautious which is also and very listen fun. to the pace and you're like rewarded for being cautious rather than being like precise you know yeah and, like, and if you turn off the visual assists you you're literally relying on your 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 navigator like the person the co-pilot next to you reading out kind of like what's coming up ahead and you have to really pay attention and that adds tension to it as well because like they yeah. disappear after a little while and then it's like if i'm like somehow like you know it's like i'm focusing on the course a little bit i'm not hearing close it's like oh did he say left and it's like, and then like I had like I've had a couple moments in like the courses so far where I broke my headlights because I still crash a bunch, yep. and I'm doing yep. like the rest of the race in the dark. And it's like so much more yep. tense. Like oh, because like what I was yeah, because I'll say as well because like the rally, the proper rally courses because there's rally rally proper and then rally cross. And yep. I tried rally cross today, and like rally is like I found it really enjoyable just because of how like the breadth of the content you know like your yeah, yeah. it's like long courses. And you're locked into like, you know, series where you can't really yes, like jump between yes. things. And like you're... It's a commitment. It's like you're like, it's like a proper campaign where you do thing once, something once, you move on to the next thing. And there's like, that's what's happening. Like it's linear progression. 
Yeah. And that's kind of what I want more in racing games is a feeling of like, you know, not that I'm just completing a checklist where the only goal is to win. Like it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. an achievement to finish it because it's hard. So it's like you, you get like 10th place and it's like, oh, that was fun because it's like, it's so rewarding in its own right. Because that's what you wanted from GT7. That's what you were talking about. Exactly. It's like that's yeah. and I'm like now I'm even more excited for GT7 because it's like oh that like it's gonna be at least close like it's not gonna be as hard but it's like it's gonna have a similar <laughs> structure to it you know yeah. oh yeah that's what I was gonna say as well it's like even rallycross which is actually just actual circuit racing it's just going around a course yeah and like that's that's actually similar where it's like a tournament setup where you have to do the same course like it's all about consistency so it's mm. like you have to be in that one at least the one I played. It's out of, there's 20 competitors, like all AI except for me. And then you have to do like four qualifiers of like four laps each. And you have to get the best time out of 12. Like you have to be in the top yeah. 12 of that pack. To qualify. And then you get into semifinals where you have to do kind of the same thing again. Then you get to the finals and do the same thing again. And it's like you're getting better at the track as you do it. But you also have yeah. to, it's also about like making sure you do it like it's still the same sort of cautious approach where you yeah. can't just like, you know, boost through and kind of hope something works out. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, you have to, and your, and your car's still getting damaged as well. Yeah. So you have and to you carry it over between like heats and stuff. So you, I don't think you can repair it. Can you? Not, yeah, not always. Like you can't, yeah. I think you have to wait until like the end of the stage. So there's like yeah. four qualifiers and you have to get to like, I think so. I might be wrong, but you have to get to the yeah. fourth, like finish the fourth qualifier, and as long as you go, th you actually get to the next stage. You have to like repair mm. <laughs> and the stakes and the strategy to it, because basically there's like, I think you do like three laps, which are standard laps, but one of the laps in the race has to be what is called a joker lap, which is like mm. you go through an alternate route that'll be like a jump or a certain thing. So it's like you have to choose when you have the handicap moment or when you have the advantage moment. So there's like a little bit of strategy. Like, do you do it at the beginning, get a lead or do you do it towards the end and try to catch up? Um, yeah. And I guess like, like, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Like, and that adds like, you know, just even more variety to something I was already, you know, into. It kind of, <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of why in theory, I'm really into the idea of NASCAR, even though it's just the circle, you know, like it's yeah. very simple technically, but I love the idea yeah, of like... The tactics. It seems very, yeah, it's like, it's very... This like the yeah it's like it's all about the tactical element of it like you know the um I guess like the skill of racing is like more mm. pure in that in in yeah. my head at least I'm not sure if that's real but it's like there's so little variation in the races themselves where it's like the actual talent and skill levels come to the fore because of it or at least that's yeah. how I see it dude you need to like go on Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree and get like a secondhand racing wheel. Trust oh, okay. me, you really enjoy it. Like, if you're not going to buy like new, because I know it can be like pretty expensive. So if you can get it secondhand, it's a great way to start. Like, because you can get like I think G29 is like what the PS4 wheel was. Okay. Like, I'm sure you could get that on marketplace pretty cheap and just like, um, like it's so much more like fun. It's actually a little bit more difficult at the beginning, but then like you, you especially someone who like you, you actually drive manual, so you might appreciate having um, like like the gear lever or you could even use that as a handbrake like something physical because there's something about oh, that yeah. the, the the physical like pulling back of the handbrake that I think is missing from buttons I think yeah. you'd really dig that dude that's a that's a good idea I hadn't thought of that 
Yeah, I'll yeah, because they that. replaced the Logitech G29. There's like a new version. So the G29, like, if you buy new, even though it's been technically replaced by the G923, the G the G29 is like 399, like new. But if you can get that second hand, like, really cheap, like if you can, because pre-COVID, like, everything was like reduced, <laughs> and then like COVID just stuffed everything up. Uh, right. Yeah. But if you can do it, I'd definitely recommend it. Yeah, but get the G29 because that's PC and PS4 slash PS5 as well. Yeah, I look so, into yeah. what works with GT7 because the more gotcha. the more I play this, it's like oh, I'm like very you know that's going to happen. Inevitable, now. inevitable. It seems that way now. <laughs> so I'll definitely look into <laughs> what could work for these particular because I don't think there's too many anyway. So I, like I don't yeah, think I'll be yeah. it probably wouldn't probably wouldn't be that much of an issue anyway. But yeah, yes, yeah. I will look yeah. into that for sure. Next next minute, you're gonna come back and be like, "Abia, I've um, I'm a thousand dollars deep in like, like a rig. I've I've gone crazy. Yeah, I've got one of those <laughs> like full capsule things. That, like, yeah, yeah. I've got what they're called. Yeah, but, but like a like full on simulation thing. But at least um, at least you got a PS5, so you could you can actually take advantage of like the G- the GT7 and and Dirt Rally 2.0. Like I don't know if it got a PS5 update, did it? Uh, I'm not. I sure. don't think so. Like it doesn't seem very yeah. very different. But it was already yeah. a good-looking game anyway, and already ran pretty well. Mm. Yeah, and so I at think, the very least, it's yeah. probably locked at sixty yeah. as I've been playing it. So I'm not sure if that's been yeah. having an effect. But I think yeah. Dirt Five, like the more arcadey version of the games, like that's the one that got the big PS5 update. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. No, no, that's that's good to hear, man. Um, I, I've got see, I've I've also owned Dirt Rally 2.0 for years, and I haven't played it, so that's definitely <laughs> like. I'm terrible with like I own so many games that I just don't play them and that's like like now I'm looking at pre-ordering Destiny 2 Witch Queen because I relapsed and I jumped back into Destiny and I like actually like explored some content that I haven't seen before and it like kind of delves into AI the whole concept of existence <laughs> and the new the new um single player content deals with like a villain but it's like we're using like now that like the ghosts are the things that like kind of your companions, right? That kind of give you life and, and give you powers. And now mm. the bad guys have a version of that and you're basically going in and like killing their ghosts. So it's like, you know, you're like, are you, are you really the good guy anymore? Like it's kind of like, um, yeah, stories. I mean, that's the whole story is like drawing you in this time. Is it exactly like, and, and apparently like the whole thing is that this is like the most in-depth destiny campaign ever. Like it better bloody be. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, you're paying yeah. a lot to get up to date with it. Uh. And I think like, you have to, uh, yeah, like you have to get like the season pass and all that as well, don't you? Well, yeah, but it's like there's like there's always bundles and stuff, and it's like you know if this is going to be like the game I'm going to play for the rest of the year, like I'll be basically bouncing between this and Halo, because I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> rest of the year, it's like February. <laughs> yeah, like because like I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be like Battlefield 2042. Like I, if I can get a refund on that, I'd get that in a heartbeat. But I've I think maybe I've just... It's just outside the return window. It's just like... It's a game that I've just not logged into because I'm like, it's... It's just not... It's just not fun. It's terrible. Yeah. It's well, like, it might be good really eventually. But oh, yeah, yeah. Like, two years down the track, it'll be, like, the best game ever. But, you know, mm. that's... I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like... Uh, and like you'll, you'll get your yeah. money's worth eventually. Oh, eventually, yeah. And Green Man Gaming's got, a, like, a good sale, like, on the Destiny stuff. Like, so I was like, oh... oh okay. I'm just, it's, it's just it's just like getting enough it's just dropping it enough where it's like oh if it's a year worth of content 
it's like hundred <laughs> something bucks. Oh, maybe. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just dangerous. It's it's it's, and you get caught up in the hype and the trailers and everything. It always happens. It always happens to me. <laughs> you got to be like me and be poor. <laughs> that helps. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I was thinking, oh. I was like, I feel like ever since I, because I mentioned the other week where it's like I finished Horizon Zero mm. Dawn. And it's, yep. you know, Forbidden, we- Forbidden West was like a few weeks away and now it's coming out very, like this week, I think. Yeah. Um, and reviews have come out yesterday, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't remember the timeline exactly. But like, um, yeah, so reviews are coming out. It's kind of confirmed my like fears that have developed. And I think like a lot of those fears have like developed because of not wanting to buy it, <laughs> like not wanting to be excited for it. So I don't feel like let down. I'm not playing it. This one was yeah. confirmed, though, because it seems to be kind of the same issues I had with the first game, so I'm okay with waiting, at least. Yeah. But, um... Because you know it's yeah. going to go on, like, a like PlayStation sale, like, in the middle of the year or whatever. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. get it then, maybe. No, fair enough. Mm. Um, if only there was some sort of subscription service on PlayStation. Mm. Oh, God, I hope that's actually good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It should be, uh, like, um, hopefully it's announced soon. I think it's meant to yeah. be, but I think that was just rumours. Mm. Nah, definitely. I guess the that's that's gonna do it for like what we've been playing over the past week. I think the big thing that we've been looking forward to is uh I guess the conclusion of Book of Boba Fett slash Mandalorian season two point five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you said like last week when we were like maybe gonna talk about it and you said like you know you hadn't seen it. And it's like the, all the interesting stuff to talk about is like after like episode five onwards where it turns yeah. to another show. So like I had just started episode five, like maybe the first 20 minutes or something. And it was like, oh, okay. like kind of, you know, Mandalorians on that, that um, city, like that fake halo. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dyson Sphere. Yeah. And like, he basically, like he basically goes to like an abattoir, a space abattoir, hmm. kills the guy, hurts himself with the dark saber, makes his way back to his people. And basically like, like literally, like he arrives and the, the big guy's like, "Where'd you get that sword?" <laughs> yes. That's oh. like, um, I was like, I God. was episode five was very good, except for yeah. Oh, not except for so much, but like, um, you know, having all the repair of like the prequel ship, and then having like a long flight of the prequel ship. I was like, I didn't mind any of that stuff. Six, I think that was six. Oh, are you sure? I thought that was like that was like was the first half of episode five was like. Because episode six was um, mostly with like Grogu and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, oh wow, did that did that all happen in episode five? Jesus Christ! It was like the most yeah, excited king of the out. season so far. You know, it's like almost yeah. nothing has happened in the show, and then you get like a full Mandalorian oh, episode yes. that's actually quite like a lot in it. It was literally prequel. It was literally like, it was like fan service to the max, and I was like sitting there like pointing like. I was like with my wife, like, oh my god, that's from that's from episode one. That was like what I watched when I was a kid. That's a Naboo <laughs> Starfighter. Oh look, that's the canyon. That was the value he went through. And like, yeah. oh man, it's like I was I, really, yeah. I actually love the ship design, but it's like I was kind of annoyed where it's, it's like beautiful, man. man. Yeah, it really is nice looking. But it's like they're really yeah. shoving this stuff in where it doesn't. It really doesn't need to be as much. Yeah. As like it's like it's kind of an because you know it has like the long flight and it's like. I don't know, like it just, felt, just felt like a very... Yeah, like that word I used last week, indulgent. It just felt very <laughs> indulgent. Um, how, how funny was it just... Like, okay, so so basically 
he 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 reunites with apparently the two surviving members of the Mandalore, like his order. Yeah, that <laughs> apparently was apparently everyone else is dead. Um, and then as soon as she he arrives, she breaks down the 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 staff that he got from Luke Skywalker. I oh, know he, he got it. From, no, he got it from Boba Fett. No, he got it from the um. Because I've actually been rewatching Mandalorian in the last few days. Oh, fair Because I've been able to. But it's like, it, it came from. Remember that episode with Ahsoka where they have to, like, take down. Oh, the, yes. yes. He got it. Um, Yes. From um the. the, the Like the, the lady village. who was kind of. Yeah, the villain of that episode. Yeah. She had it, right? Yeah. 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 So. Okay, so he had that. Uh, yes, he used that to fight against the Darksaber and against the droids, like the, the, the dark droids. Um, mm. Whatever they were called. Anyway, um, and it was like, so then it, it, the first thing that happens is, oh, it's got to get melted down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and my God. Like, and I then, think, oh, oh, sorry, keep going. Oh, uh, yeah, like, it's like, oh, then make it as a thing, as a, uh, you know, make it into a weapon. What do you want to make? It's like, oh, I want to make something for the foundling. It's like, are you sure? It's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he fights, <laughs> and then the other guy comes back in, she's like, oh, it, you know, it can only be real. He, like, they have this whole fight. Like, this kind of thing where he's, like, training with her. And she's, like, teaching him how to use the sword. He's like, oh, you you, you can't... You're fighting against the sword. And it's getting heavier. Because you're, like, not giving in to the sword's will. Yeah, it's like... That actually reminded me of one thing that I've really enjoyed about The Mandalorian when it actually did it. Which is, like, a sense of mysticism. Because mm. that doesn't... that Every time that comes up, I just absolutely love it. And it's one of the strongest features of Mandalorian. Like, because I've been, yeah, like, again, like, I'm watching through the show again. Like, I think I'm actually up to, oh, like, cool. the last episode of the second yeah. season. Because I just did not remember second season two at all. Which is, like, so I just wanted to get up to date properly. Um, and, oh, what was oh, my yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, so, like, anytime there's something, like, that feels, like, so, you know... It's like the idea that it's like, I guess it's like psychologically heavier, but the idea that there's, I don't know, every time it like taps into the idea, like mystical elements that aren't just the force again, though I guess it kind of is. Mm. It's like, yeah. it's always so, I don't know, it's always so intriguing. I love it. But it's, um, I don't even like Star Wars as much as a lot of people do. Like, it's like, I'm not like in love with the, but it's like, that's always those parts that really stand out to me in this show. It's like, they could do all the fan service and all these different cameos, but those parts always... I always really enjoy that stuff, but um, gotcha, gotcha. Because like, we... yeah, because like um, it, it just kind of like hits home that it that order sucks. <laughs> oh like, yeah, did you? Sh- has anyone seen your help? You know, has anyone forced you to see your face? And he's like, he says nothing, and then she's like, has anyone? For-? And then he's just like, yes. And she's like, get out. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's another thing. It's like, I actually really like, you know, like that's like the mysticism as well. It's like that sense of religion is like something that's like, aside from the Jedi's like weird, weirdo monk stuff, which has always felt very basic. Like it never felt very rich. Mandalorian stuff always feels very, it's so compelling to me. It's like, especially when it's... the only one left. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh Um, my God, man. I just... uh, yeah, yeah, so after that, he goes to see Grogu on Luke's planet with CGI Luke. And then um, <laughs> and then after that, he jumps back to Tatooine to help Boba Fett out. Okay. Okay, that episode, episode six, right? 
Yeah. Dude, the entire time I was thinking like, fuck, the Jedi suck. Like, actually, if you think about it, the Jedi suck. There's a reason why they didn't survive is because they're just too up their own ass with all their rules. Yeah, like, which is like kind of you the... You know what I mean? I was thinking about like, it afterwards where it's like the idea of him offering like a binary thing to a child, like yeah, that like option. But I actually kind of love that it ended up tying into like The Last Jedi. Like the idea that Luke was just so stuck, like stuck his belief... His well, yeah, and it was like his belief in the Jedi was very not progressive and he didn't yeah. realize it and it kind of ended up kind of breaking him <laughs> you, you and know, the idea like, like, ended up kind of hinting towards that which i kind of liked and it's just like oh it's gonna take you like how the f- so why is he a jedi master oh yeah like, no i was kind of thinking about that because i spoke as older three weeks <laughs> he ran away <laughs> yeah <laughs> who was training him after like okay okay he him and his dad took like took down senator palpatine whatever right i get it senator. Oh, sorry, Emperor Palpatine. He was a senator before that. But Senator's it's, better. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, the Galactic Council. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like, it's just like, Luke sucks. Like, why Why is he a master? Why is Ahsoka Tarn? Okay, because I haven't seen the... the I, I think you've seen Clone Wars, right? No, I haven't. No. Okay, you haven't I, I'm seen I'm just it. kind so of aware of certain parts. Like, Ahsoka Tano should be a Jedi Master more than Luke because she's actually has experience fighting in the Clone Wars and, and, like, years of battle experience and she's done a lot of reflection. Luke found out that he's, like, the he's part of, like... He's, like... It's like nepotism. He just happened to fall into it. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, of his family. Well, I think that's, like... It's, like, literal... I guess it's, like, nepotism in terms of, like, he's, like, connected to Anakin's yeah. whole chosen one thing, which is Yeah, extremely- and the thing is, like... If the jet like the downfall of the Jedi was partly caused by the Jedi being so against attachment and love, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean that's what pushed um, Anakin over the edge. So it's and then like Luke is just like, you have to. M- I'm sorry, little kid who can't jump in the air. Like I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna force you to make this li- like life like this this decision that is gonna affect you for the rest of your life. And you are going to be the first and only student of the new Jedi Order. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to put on a kid. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, and, and then like Ahsoka Tano is there for no random reason other than she was in the area or whatever. Because she's like, yeah, I will that's something I wanted to mention as well. Yeah, because I was thinking about that again today. And like one, I've okay, this is going to be kind of an all-encompassing sort of. Oh, she's sleeping. Um, all-encompassing yeah yeah um like this is gonna be kind of an all-encompassing sort of topic i think but there was this rumor that i read like in one comment which might not be true at all but it kind of links up with how things worked out with this show which is the idea that both like asaka and um at least asaka and boba fett and probably another show were all meant to be Mm. like when it was like in concept you know like when it before it was actually made they're all going to be like running concurrently. Like they were going to be like one week is Boba Fett, one week is Ahsoka, one week is Mandalorian or something like that. Yeah. Like that's, that's like, I'm not sure if that was true at all. Like it might really not be at all, but it kind of makes sense to me. Cause I was thinking again about today. It's like, wait, why was Ahsoka on Luke's planet? Like, why would she be there at all? Hmm. And I was thinking like, and I was thinking like, Oh, that would actually make sense if that was meant to be like her tie in episode, you know, to, like how she crosses over this with this storyline, 
like same with yeah. thing with Boba Fett. It's like it makes kind of bit more sense. Like okay, this is where Mandalorian jumps in with Boba Fett's story, and then jumps out. You know, as the other story arcs continue, and like I feel yeah. like, and I'm very. I think like that links into my other main point. Really, is like I'm very curious to know how COVID impacted this show, because it's like in mm, hindsight, okay. it feels so messy. Oh yeah, like, like yeah, I, I can see that. Because like I was, I like again, I'm like for whatever reason, last week, like it doesn't help that I'm actually watching the Mandalorian show as well. But it's like yeah. every so often, I'd like think back to Boba Fett's show, and it's like I keep like dwelling on it. It's like what's like it's like so many questions all of a sudden, and none yeah, of them are interested. Because... Like none of them are related to the show. They're all just related to the quality of it. <laughs> like to me. I guess it makes sense because think about like both Mandalorian seasons had a lot of different scenery, had a lot of different locations that it travels to. Yeah. Now, to me, it's like they shot the Mandalorian scenes in this probably pre-COVID. Maybe, yeah. Because they, they're in different locations, right? Hmm. But then all of Boba Fett's stuff takes place in Tatooine and takes place in the sea sa- three same streets. Yeah, I was thinking about how tiny Moss Espa ends up feeling. It's like, why? Yeah. Like, because like, yeah, see, like that that sounds like that feels like a COVID thing, where it's like, yeah. it, it, like it ends up feeling so cheap and small ultimately, which yeah. is like, I don't. It's like I kind of wish because uh, um, another thing was like the appearance of um, Bane. I don't remember his first name. It was like Cad Bane or something like that. Like the bounty uh, hunter, Cobb, Cobb Vane. Cobb, yes, the Bane. Timothy Oliphant character, the marshal from. Um, oh no, Moss. no, no, the blue Not one. Him or- Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, like the um. I know his last name's Bane. But I don't remember. Oh, his is, first it, name. is it actually Bane? Because he's uh, his voice sounds very familiar. I think it's like from because okay, that's another like Clone Wars cameo. Because like I had oh, to look it up because I didn't know who it was. I liked it. Cad I liked Bane. His, Ca- yeah, it was right. Okay, Cad Bane. It's just an odd name, <laughs> Cad. It's like when you say it out loud, it's like that can't be right. But um, yeah, it's like I really the idea that the fact that like I knew. Okay, so like after episode six, I looked him up. It's like, okay, so this is like a big guy in the Clone Wars shows and like mm. that whole story. Like he shows up a lot. And I was thinking, it's like, wait, like, and then after the last episode, he ends up getting killed off. As Yeah. Oh, my cats are out. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, but They're like, he ends up... We're talking about Cat Bane? <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> got cat ears, this one. Um, with, with the Meandalorian. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hang on. I'll just let him out. He's like, yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> ah, that was... Ah, yeah, it's... Yeah, that was going to happen <laughs> eventually. <laughs> um, um, Yeah, like... So, the... That's the thing, like, all this stuff I have no, like, fun, like, no fondness for because I never watched Clone Wars. So, I was yeah. just like, oh, so this guy's, like, some sort of gunslinger. But then in episode 7, turns out that he's got history with the Fett family. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I was going to say. It's like that, like, when I, the more I thought about that as well, it's like, wait, there definitely had to be prequel, like, flashback scenes at some point because his appearance yeah. doesn't make any sense otherwise because he dies right away. And, like, because the show ends up setting it up, like, he ends up getting killed by Boba Fett as revenge for the Tuscans. But he didn't do it, mm. so it doesn't make any sense. Like, it should, like, it had to be related to his, like, flashbacks that had to be there originally, which kind of yeah. makes sense why the story is so, like, sluggish and doesn't really go anywhere. 
it just kind of has him like very slowly and competently setting up this crime lord organization you know he's like diamio set up and then eventually he has to like fight off the um pikes and that's kind of the whole story (laughs) it's very it's so rough like thinking like like, the more i think about it there's so many holes like not plot holes or whatever but like i i I was actually thinking um uh you know what is it the what is it um you know how he's talking to like the mayor and the leader of the pikes yeah and he's like and he and it's revealed that um like the the pike leader revealed that he was the one who killed the those tuscans and then he makes a comment like you you know you kill those innocent tuscans like i thought that was going to be like a clue to like a a like a turning point where yeah, like he a double joins. cross or something. Yeah, double cross, but no. <laughs> it's just no. He just wanted to like get under Bobber's skin, I guess. Which yeah, was weird as it. well. It's like why would it even It's such a strange Like I it's not earned. Like Yeah, it's like this Yeah. He's like, Oh, you've got your father's blood in you. That's what makes you a killer. It's like, man, I don't know who you who the fuck are you? <laughs> He's been killing people all over the place. Like why why does he care about this particular like when, since yeah. when did he have morals in that sense? Like, yeah, it, like, I'm like he I don't really know who you are. Why are you important? Like, yeah, you know, it's, there could have been in in all the flashbacks, like instead of all the scenery of, of like um, Boba Fett slowly walking, approaching a town on a bantha. <laughs> like they could have just the, why not talk about you know like in Jango Fett's absence, like this Bane guy became like the head bounty hunter. And he's always been kind of like taunting Boba, like. Well, apparently he kind of was already. Like, apparently he's like the high tier. Like he's higher no, than Boba on the yeah. food chain, you know. Like, but that's the thing. It's alluded to. Like he says, like you know, I should have killed you years ago or something. Like you know, I bested you years ago. Now you're an old man. And he's like, um, like that's that's cool. But why didn't why show why not show any of that? Yeah. Like, it's like, I really no, want, man. like, because I mentioned, like, a few weeks ago when we were talking about it that I really, I didn't realize until we were talking about it. It's like, oh, I actually really want those flashbacks of Boba dealing with his adolescence, like, you know, dealing with how, like, how he's a Mandalorian because he's not actually one and stuff like yeah. that. And it's like, and when I looked it up, it's like, okay, he was, like, raised by Bane. Like, he is basically mm. his dad. Like, or at least, he, you know, he was the one who trained him to be a bounty hunter, I think. Something like that. Like, he's a very yeah. big part of his life. And then the more I thought about it, it's like, wait, I, why was that not filled in? And it's like, the more mm. I think about it, it's like, wait, like, th- like, that's what I mean. It's like COVID has to have hit this end. show so hard yeah. because like there's yeah. just so many gaps. So it's like no flashbacks f- to make Bane make sense. And it's like, that's another thing. It's like with Bane, it's like they could have just fit it. So it's like, oh, I killed the Tuscans for the Pikes, but they didn't, even though that was yeah. like the simplest solution to this problem. And it's like, uh, which is a strange thing. And it's like, I killed yeah, off Bane, yeah. a major clone, co- like a major character to people who know about him. And, but he's barely there. And it's <laughs> but like, apparently he's not dead. Cause like, his heart monitor is still beeping at the end of the. Yeah, I was wondering about that actually. That's, apparently that's like a hint that, oh no, he's still alive. But it's like, okay. I don't care. Like, he's not yeah. a. <laughs> I only met him a, an hour ago. Like, he's yeah, not a. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Accurate. Like, it's. 
Um, and he, and he's just he's just a dick. He just comes across as just a dick. Like it's not like it, there's no tragedy to his life where he's like he he didn't say like you and me will never go straight. We're doomed to you know like that's another thing they could have done because that's something that's been done in other mediums and other films where there's like there's some sort of like realization that you do this because there's nothing else in your life. Hmm. But Boba Fett could you know deliver a line saying no there is for me yeah. and then so you know like, what I mean yeah Th- exactly it's like that. there's so many like yeah it's like I'm basically repeating myself but I kind of want to list through it where it's like Tuscan's the Tuscan flashback like ended very abruptly and never returned <laughs> to and like the champion lady who I guess died as well like that's fine like that was not like an assumption but I guess you're like you know it's like the yeah, Tuscan thing is like done I thought she within. survived I-, I thought she was like survived and was going to come back but nope yeah, it's like Cad Bane comes up suddenly and then gets seemingly killed off for revenge for someone else's crimes. And then there was... What else? Like the Referencing oh yeah, Boba Fett's a, motive. a lifelong conflict from that was not shown in this show. It was shown in another show. Yeah. And then like Boba Fett's motivation for becoming a daimyo is like one sentence. Like nothing there. Was it like, <laughs> this is my people or something or... Well, he said he, he was kind of sick of being like straight. pushed around. Like he was, didn't want to be like you know, have uh, bosses anymore, something like that. Yeah. It was like when yeah. he was talking to Fennec in at uh, the campfire. Yeah, yeah. And like that's like the whole motivation, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you don't really get a sense of like him in the town. It's like, oh, and there's so, like so almost... the whole thing. So the whole the whole plot of the show is that contractor or freelancer wants to start his own business to become his own boss yeah <laughs> and they didn't reveal it until episode four like it was some secret oh my God, <laughs> like i didn't like i could have been told that a while ago like because it's not that big a deal <laughs> like it wasn't motivated by anything <laughs> so it's literally the whole show is just like boba fett dealing with the trials and tribulations of becoming a small business owner <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh my god, that is dumb. And like the yeah. whole thing, like it's like, you know, I've got the city behind, like I've got to protect these people. And it's like all these people have turned their backs on you. It's like, what are you talking about? Why are you making it sound like it's like three different districts when it's literally one street and then yeah. got something this, like, happening at another hut somewhere? Yeah, it's like the whole entirety of the city that we've seen, which I understand like scope can be like hard to express, but it'd be yeah. nice with more than just the cantina and a water cellar and then i think that's it because <laughs> there was the streets where they were driving through very slowly in that chase and then, <laughs> and, then and then like nothing and then like the mayor's office and then yeah. wherever the mayor and the pike leader was hanging and out at the that, end and that, that, and that, that sanctuary was, like yeah. nightclub place yeah and that was like that's kind of there's so few places and you don't get really a sense of place at all and then yeah it makes tatooine look very small yeah, and it already felt small, and this just made it feel yeah. smaller because it's Cause like, like, wait, I know this yeah. stuff already. Like, why did you get you, like, those establishing shots of like you see the whole city, like you look over Mos Espa, mm. but then you yeah. don't see any of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was, I think it came up in like like a few episodes in, like, because I'm, I'm sure there was like a wide shot at some point early on. Yeah, but I only noticed it like a few episodes in. It's like, oh, whoa, this is way bigger than I thought it was. This is yeah. gigantic. And you don't really yeah. like you get yeah. There's a cantina that gets blown up, blown up, and then that's like that's kind of I don't know. So like no more other locations aside from his palace. Yeah, yeah. And mm. then like yeah, because like 
Oh, and, uh, like in episode six, when we like, if we can go back to episode six, like I was just like, Luke, you're such a dickhead. You're just showing off in front of this kid, like. And apparently that whole thing happens in like that's just one day, like all that happens <laughs> yeah. like all this apparently all this like extensive training and stuff that Grogu goes from like jumping on like dodging a, a droid like getting shot by the little training droid and now he's like full on dodging it and he breaks it like that apparently happens in one day he's like okay let's go eat let's go have lunch yeah you don't get such sense of time because i was thinking like oh yeah that was yeah that's something we're all also completely moving around was the idea that this show completely resolved grogu's training like that part of the story so imagine yeah. if you like you stopped episode like season two and then jumped to season three because Bob- Book of Boba Fett wasn't named the Mandalorian or anything. So you kind of yeah. Because I like I was prepared to skip it. I was just I just watched because I was bored. You know, like yeah. it's not something I felt was essential. And then it ends up being very important. And it's like I was kind of annoyed that it's like oh that arc would have like it was told okay, but it was very it felt very short for the kind of story. Uh, I, it was. I I I think it was I think it was very dumb because like apparently nothing has happened. Like, there was no training done. I don't know, like, I don't know the gap between... I guess I don't know the gap between the end of Mandalorian Season 2 and this. Because, like, apparently that Jedi school was built in one day. Because <laughs> they started with Foundation. And then by oh, the yeah. evening, when he makes a proposition to Grogu, it happens in, like, the space of three hours. So I'm like, what the ha- What has been happening? Like, w- Yeah, that's... Yeah, because he had his all, all the ant robots. Ant droids, yeah, like, yeah. they were apparently currently building... Which means they kind of just got there, right? <laughs> so it's like. So that's the thing. Like, like I don't know how much time actually takes place because you don't really get that. Uh, I guess it's not that long because, like, at the end of Mandalorian season two is like when he kills the the other daimyo and takes his seat on the throne, and then this starts. So maybe it's like, maybe only like a couple of maybe it's only like a week or so. Oh, maybe. I would imagine it's like a couple of months, maybe. Like, I bet Book of... Even though it didn't feel it, I bet Book of Boba Fett was meant to be like a longer space of time. Yeah. Even like something like that. I don't know. I feel like if it was like officially a week, that would be... That would just be mostly funny, to be honest. So I'm not sure. Yeah. But it's... Mm. um, Yeah. I think like... Yeah. Okay. So it's... I'm, I'm just trying to see if there's any like kind of context online, but... It's like it's the same year. Mandalorian season one and two apparently take place in year nine ABY, so eight years after sorry, nine years after the Battle of Yavin, which is what happened at um Deaths No, Battle of Yavin. Oh. No, that's that um one? Star Wars. That's Star Wars episode four, I think is Yavin. Like that was the moon takes place outside Yavin. Oh. That's where the Death Star was, the original Death Star, I think. Oh, okay. Because it yeah. was like, because this is set after Return, like some years after yeah. that. So yes, yes, yes. Because Return of the Jedi was four years, so this is set five years after Return of the Jedi, right? And apparently, okay. uh, th- in this five years, Luke has become a Jedi Master, despite no other Jedi being like around. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> it's just because it's like <laughs> it's like he's kind of like Naruto, where he's just got like a ton of power just innate in his belt, like innately, and that's kind of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um yes oh that's the uh, that's yeah so okay maybe it's only a few weeks because like he like he spent half that time in a bath dreaming about <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> about tuscans like like you could take out episode three and four of boba fett i think 
Like, I feel like those were the, the really like useless episodes. It was just well, if you if you want to just like it, like I would say the almost like the first four episodes are so like because like if I you want to yeah. continue like because it doesn't tell much of a story. Like actually, yeah, if you want to get the story of Boba Fett, like that's pretty much all you need. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because yeah, because the only callback to the the Tuscan Raiders is that oh hey he was he was chilling out with them. They were like his family. I guess you'd want to know that. And the other thing is like where the hell did this magic stick come from? Yeah. How does he know how to fight with a stick that had never been referenced before? I guess that's yeah. the, like that's it's, the it's filling thing. all these gaps that didn't need filling, like his staff and like him getting his uh, ship back and healing Fennec with the robot <laughs> tattooist that, that shows up at the end of episode yeah, that, seven. Yeah, with like and like or I had the, I didn't know who it was, but it was apparently you know um, Timothy Oliphant's character in the. Tank. Yeah, in the, yeah. So Cobb Vance is in the in the uh, thing, and the 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 doctor, the droid doctor, like the kind of the cybernetic doctor, who played by Thundercat, the bass player. Um, yeah, I saw like, I saw him, and I know I didn't like. I don't think he talked much at all, and I, like I called it that he was a musician. I knew yeah. he was. Like, it's like <laughs> this just, is exactly just, who that is. Like, but the thing is, like, I don't think they changed any of his attire. I think he just instead of like an orange jumpsuit, he's just wearing cloaks. But everything else is him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like um, uh, like, and he just like turns around. I was like, oh, okay. And then he just turns around. And he's like, put on like that evil doctor smile. But it's like, why, why, why is this necessary? Why show this? Like, I guess he's giving Timothy Elephant like a robot shoulder because I don't like, think he was hurt anywhere important. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, because like, and then it's like, uh like what um five minutes after mandalorian leaves he gets killed <laughs> and with his dumbass assistant who's just like like i i thought the plot line was going to be his assistant betrays him you know his deputy like he's sick of being like kind of sidelined and treated like a punk and then he betrays him that's what i was thinking because that's kind of right. like how it was like framed hmm. but no it was just like his deputy just sucks that's <laughs> <laughs> like uh yeah, is there much else to talk about this though? Should we like just no. kind of sum up? I think we'll. I think we'll like. Overall, I think the book of Boba Fett. Like, I think the ending was like cool, like seeing all that work together. But it's like it was made out to be like, oh, it's gonna be all out war. We don't have the numbers. It's like okay, all we needed was twelve people to show up in a hovercraft, <laughs> get pinned down by a robot. <laughs> And and then yeah, and then like, and then all you need is a rancor to just like chew through the shields, and then like that. I felt bad for the rancor, like yeah, it's getting like, hurt a lot. Shooting it and like it was just like, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's and like, like yeah. As like a, as like because the last episode was basically like all action, and like yeah, it was pretty underwhelming as far as a 100%. full action episode was. Cause it's like it's not what you expect from Star Wars. It's what you expect from like a B movie or something, you know, something yeah. shot on a budget. It actually, makes sense because like Robert Rodriguez. I'm not even sure if he directed that one. He he, I did, think he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah. he directed like a, at least a few episodes, and he definitely yeah. does direct stuff like that. So it kind of makes yeah. sense. So uh, Bryce Dallas Howard directed. So I think uh, she did episode five. Episode six was Dave Filoni, and then episode seven was Robert Rodriguez. And you can kind of see like the differences in their way they're doing things. Like Dave Filoni was like, "Okay, I made Clone Wars, so I'm going to hark back to the Clone Wars uh, with Ahsoka Tano, and you know what Grogu saw, as well as um, you know, uh, Bane." Yeah. And then, 
episode s- five was like like all about the Mandalorian and how horny we should be for him because he's like the best and like because like she she's the one who directed that ep- uh, the that episode in season one where he was like on that where you where where you meet um uh like the Gina Carano character and you're like on that uh like forest planet oh and yeah teaches, like the natives had a fight and then there was like that horny lady who really wanted to get under his mask yeah yeah because I watched yeah because again like I watched the, all, like pretty much the first two se- like the last two seasons like in yeah. the last couple of days and like <laughs> I was like as soon as I got to that episode like because I, I noticed the titles aren't very suggestive weirdly no like I was like it's probably like for some for titles that are so like kind of um, monolithic almost like they're very simple in a way that's like mm. evocative but they don't actually yeah. remind you of much outside of a few yeah. of them um, anyway I got to that one and it's like oh damn it like I don't, I don't remember not liking this episode <laughs> I was like very tempted to skip it and it ended up being yeah. about as mediocre as I it really remembered it to be I just um, I just remember two like I just remember kind of like two things like the horny uh, the horny native lady yeah <laughs> and then um, like the ATST in the jungle, like that. I think that was kind of like, actually, it kind of brought home the terror that you'd feel as like someone on the ground fighting one of those. Yeah, Whereas they like knew in, what in to the overall Star Wars lore, it's like, oh, these are nothing. Yeah, with imagery wise, it knew how to do that part. <laughs> I think as, yeah. as a whole, the episode was just kind of boring. Like it was it's just very up. mundane and didn't really do much. And, like it had a, yeah. it had a role, but it it wasn't very. It just wasn't a very exciting or interesting I went episode. to see their baby <laughs> yeah. I just remember that from the first episode oh, oh yeah. like yeah but um, like I think season one not much really not much really changes with that I think it's more so like he like Grogu's just awesome like him and Mandalorian have a good rapport and that's about it <laughs> yeah that, that that is something standing out about it like watching it again is just how like powerful Grogu's cuteness is because it affects yeah. everyone like pretty much the exact same way except for like and the Empire it, people this as well it's like yeah, exactly. It's like everyone goes like everyone's like immediately convinced, yeah, to whatever tasks they Mandalorian wants to, them to do. Because like remember the yeah. um, man, we yeah, we should probably cut this short a little bit. Yeah, but like <laughs> the um, the heist episode, like the one the episode yeah. like the one where you have to save the prisoner, like he teams up with the other. Uh, yeah, well, oh yeah, with like his ex team. Yeah, that's right. Is that and the like, one? And yeah. then that guy, like Bill Burr, him. who comes back yeah. in the second season. <laughs> yeah, Bill Burr. And I was like, I was watching that episode today and he ends up um, like, yeah, like they're saying, you know, like, we need you for the job. And it's like, what do I get out of it? And it's like, you get like a better view. And it's like, oh, that's like, you know, it's like semi back. And then it's just like, it's like they have the kid. And then it's like, he's like immediately on board. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, since when did he care about any of this? But it's like, it's very, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I think overall, Book of Boba Fett ended up being like, the more I think about, the more frustrated I find. But I'm very curious to like, get a post-mortem on it, like by the people who made it, if they ever do. Because it's like, this had to go through a lot of changes. Because like, there's like, I, I wouldn't say it would have been incredible, because I still, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. There's just so many glaring issues with it that just like, the more I think about it and dwell on it, it's just like, just more compelling <laughs> the more i think about it. like it's a more it's better than the show is just thinking about its problems because <laughs> yeah. they seem so obvious compared to like it's yeah anyway um but yeah otherwise i didn't get much out of the show other than the two mandalorian episodes that were pretty good yeah um, and that's, that's the thing it's so sad um 
there was potential there, and I wonder how much COVID like ruined that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, um, yeah. Because just like reading about like all the stuff, like it's just like there's a lot more around the corner. Like, yeah, like fuck. Like if I have to read law outside of your show to figure out who the fuck this Cad Bane guy is and why, like, like I love the fact that it was very Western in that like the way it's shot and everything is like. Hmm. Like, I'm the marshal in town. You got to go through me. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I have a proposal. Like, he doesn't like, he's just like, yeah, the prosthetics look very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm really like, and he's got like these tubes. Like, it's like a very cool, like, it's a very evocative, like character design. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, cause he was like designed as an animated character. And you can kind of yeah. tell. And it's like, I thought they translated him pretty well. Like, I, he looks like, I don't know, I really, the mouth part is like, it's obvious, like, oh, he can't talk out of that very easily at all. Because um, I think it's like also got like a different voice actor attached as well. Because it's like the original Clone Wars voice actor, like from the shows with another actor beneath it. So I think it's also just that kind of... Oh, okay, gotcha. Even though I think it looks okay otherwise, like I wouldn't have yeah, guessed. So he but, was in the TV show. So he was in the TV show. But, and then he was in like, so I didn't watch The Bad Batch, which was like last year's like animated sequel to Clone Wars. But it's like, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I saw that he had a role in it. It's like, I was like, I was thinking, like, because I I wasn't like, I wasn't trying to look too deeply. I was just kind of getting a sense. I was like, okay, he has a lot of, a big part in this story, (laughs) like all these seasons and stuff. So it's like. That's what, like, yeah, mm. yeah, like, that's just what's so surprising about his feature. It's like he ends up getting kind of resolved so quickly, and he ends up being anywhere. We already gone into it, yeah. but it's like, um, <laughs> what? Why didn't we see him in a back to tank? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking at the end as well. It's like, oh, like, yeah. I mean, because I didn't even think that like Marshall was that hurt. <laughs> I guess he yeah, was. Yeah, he got but... shot in the shoulder or something, man. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like it's uh, like yeah. it's a laser blast that like, you shake that off. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I don't know how guns... Like, everything's so inconsistent in Star Wars, I feel like. It's just convenient. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Like, the main takeaways are that Boba Fett's kind of like... He's a small he's he's a small businessman. He's struggling. There's a lot of competition in his area. He's trying to deal with that. He's taken over the franchise off a previous owner, dealing with the ramifications of that. <laughs> yeah, he really oh, likes this one cantina. The fish people really like spice... His, the mates that he the, the people that he was mates with apparently one tribe out of potential thousands that live underground um uh like who would never see again <laughs> um <laughs> and like uh, and, the, and it's just like dumb lines like um it's like oh you you're an old man now it's like that may be i'm still faster than you it was like that may be but now i have armor I'm like what <laughs> Yeah, it's not like the last episode especially just feels flimsy Um, yes and it all kind of does but it's just convenient that everyone rocks up in one street that episode definitely feels like they were trying to throw like they were trying to wrap up this thing that was just too hard to wrap up in a satisfying way because it was just not all the pieces weren't there so they just kind of done something I don't know it's very as a show I found it very dissatisfying not sure, Do you think like, there'll be an, a season two? I don't think so. Uh, I'd be surprised. I feel like, I don't know, it depends on what they want to do with it, I guess. Maybe we're part of the problem because we'll watch it anyway. Because, <laughs> like, 
it's, yeah. it's a thing to occupy time and it's Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's exactly well, like Marvel yeah. where it's like, yeah, I'll, just, I'll probably watch it. And like we get like Fennec Shand finally is a, like gets one moment in all of Star Wars where she's like cool. Yeah, like, yeah, she was, and it's off screen. Oh, she has her <laughs> moments, but it's like because in the episode she's introduced in the original show, she's not bad and stuff. But yeah, she has like such a small role in this yeah. season as well. Like she gets saved and hangs out with Boba Fett in the flash in the past to get his ship back in the episode that was very not like it was Forced. very um yeah I guess like it's just it wasn't very helpful like it wasn't important like it's not information I needed. It's like, yeah, it's like I like I, I don't mind uh, like her sa- getting saved with the robotics. Like that was like, mm. oh yeah, okay. And then it's like they end up spending like twenty minutes saving his ship and going to yeah. kill the Sarlacc. Like, and that's it's like I, I owe you this favor, but after that I'm gonna go back to my nomadic lifestyle of like fifty plus years or whatever, or being a bounty hunter who doesn't need anyone, and then she's like, No, I'll hang with you. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, and that's that's you know, that would have been a nice thing to spend the show on. You know, spend time is like splashing out her side yeah. of things and it doesn't she's just like she's exactly as much of a sidekick as she was in the mandalorian yeah just that's the thing little. like i think we could have had one or two less tuscan Raiders. like we could have had episode three we didn't need to see the death of the tuscan raiders i think like it would be great to ha- i would have loved to have seen them come back and you know like really hits home that the ragtag bunch of people that like boba fett has like uh, mm-hmm. that's in his crew I think there was like it's just like it's literally just humans, <laughs> yeah. like one Wookiee, one Rancor, and then everyone else is humans, um, and 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 a and a Mandalorian, like and those two who's big also guards human. that died, and then two big oh my god that was the worst. It's just like <laughs> that was the worst. Like you think they couldn't have, like they were definitely smarter than that. I'm sure they would have done something like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like know, the, man. That was it's just like the dumb. writers. It's like, oh, these can die. <laughs> they don't talk. Yeah, like, what the hell? Anyway. <laughs> They're exactly I'm, the same as each other, like NPCs or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. So, I guess, like, yeah. I I would... I mean, at least I feel like this was a better... This was the... In terms of pop culture, this was the best uh, depiction of, uh, you know, on a desert planet of a native people's being empowered by a new group where there's a trade of spice uh there's another <laughs> like, oh, <yeah. laughs> i think dune does i think like this is like similar to dune in in terms of how super serious it is and how like silly like and dumb it is like they're both like unfulfilling in <laughs> like in terms of the way they are so i guess right. i guess we're, we're two for two we're oh for two sorry in terms of spice related media yeah and we're like what is it it's like the fifth thing that's set on Tatooine in Star Wars. In a yes. It's like, and it's like Obi-Wan's coming out in May. And it's also going to be on Tatooine for a while. And it's Are like, you oh, kidding like I'm, me? I'm so oh sick of this stupid God. desert planet. N- next thing we're going to find out that it was... um, Like he he's going to be... It, it, now that we've seen what happens with the... Was it the the Tusken Raiders? Now it's going to be the Jawas' turn. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. The, no, <laughs> like he gets... Yeah. He hangs out. He's saved by the Jawas for three episodes oh my god or maybe it's like um maybe he heads back to naboo and he's like hanging out with the gungans and like i don't know something like something something gungan party like what what because <laughs> that that those are the those are jar jar binks people in episode one. Oh yeah that was the party part <laughs> yeah i'm just saying like you know how like they had a party in boba fett when he became like one of them 
Oh, okay. So maybe he'll have his own moment. Um, yeah. Because, <laughs> like... His own hallucinogenic he, journey. Like, he's lame. Like, I'm sorry, but in actual Star Wars media, the coolest thing he did was kill Darth Maul. Everything else has been lame. Oh, it's because Ewan McGregor's so good at playing him. It's, like, the only reason this show exists. Yeah, because, like, Ewan McGregor's, like, good, but, like, like in episode two, he's just, like, like a fumbling detective who, like, uncovers something that was put into place by his predecessor. And, like, in episode three, he kind of fucks up Anakin, like, irre- irre- irreparably and kind of dooms the entire galaxy for, like, a decade or whatever. And then, yeah. like, and in, in in original Star Wars, he pretends to not have the life, pretends not to be the guy that he was. And then he just dies in the lamest sword fight. <laughs> he sucks. The Jedi oh. suck. I'm sorry, but... I love the way he, he like, passes on, actually. But, like, it's, yeah, it's not very... I don't know. I guess this show will make him better. <laughs> It'll at least I have better so. writing than the prequels. So that's nice. Yeah. Have finally like, have some like good apparently dialogue. the Clone Wars the Clone Wars actually t- depicts the Jedi as being cool. But it's like the actual Star Wars lore doesn't like the actual movies and stuff don't depict the Jedi as being cool. I wouldn't say the they prequels did. made them look cool. <laughs> no <laughs> as much as uh, dorks as anything else. No, I'm saying none of nothing no mainline Star Wars releases made them cool. None of the movies oh, made them cool. Yes. It's all maybe in the Clone Wars, that's what I've heard, but they definitely aren't cool in anything in the movies. Like let's be honest. Yeah, that's like Han Solo's cooler than any of them. Except oh. in the solo movie. <laughs> yeah, we need to I need to stop talking because I keep extending yeah. it even though like I keep I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I sorry. Do, yeah. I want to say one more thing is that like I'm pretty convinced there's going to be like when episode 10 inevitably comes out we're going to see Grogu in, like, a Mandalorian helmet yeah, as, like, an older version. Okay. Like, that has yes. to be happening at this point. Because, like, he's be got the little chainmail shirt. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to get a helmet. <laughs> it's oh. the first thing I thought about was, like, oh, is, is it going to be a tiny helmet? But, like, it's, uh, um, like that's the thing. Like, you know, a, a grown-up Grogu where, like, the Mandalorian's on his deathbed, he's, like, old and stuff. Like, but that's the thing, like... No, but he's, like, ma- 50 like, years old and he gets to grow up to, like, a 1,000. So he'll be yeah, like but, a teenager yeah. or something in the episode ten or wherever it's set. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, um, like where's, like, if Grogu is like the last remaining species, like person of his species, potentially a successor to Yoda. Like, there's no mention of him in in episode like in in the new trilogy. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like he's not he like, like he's not no. Oh yeah, like Luke doesn't mention him. That's right. But it's yeah. like he's um like I guess no yeah. one else would know about him really who shows up. Yeah. So I like the idea yeah. of him somehow being relevant like years and years later once he can figure out how to talk (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's just it's actually just merchandise of him like it's just everyone just thinks he's super cute that's just and he's like you know it's like i can actually imagine as well it's like he'll be a figurehead for like revived mandalore which is probably what this next season is going to be about somehow that's what i think yeah because like we, we we still haven't concluded like the mandalorian order that he was part of which apparently only has two people left, <laughs> and they kicked out the third member. Yeah, it's very sad. <laughs> and then the Jedi had w- potentially two people left, and they kicked out their third member. <laughs> 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 and then, and then, like, yeah, and then it's just like maybe it's like the ongoing adventures of of uh, Mandalorian and Grogu. But the thing is, like, it's like I wonder what'll happen. Like that, that'd be interesting. Like I think there's room there because I think those two are by far the most charismatic characters in that whole universe and, and i love the mechanic lady like she's really cool as well like yeah I think it was really shocking when like season five opened with him you know in the abattoir and it's just like whoa it's like I, I, I was like i forgot how much i love this like i really liked mandalorian 
yeah. like I kind of forgot how like how much Atmosphere, basically like, what I just said. Like I was like, oh, that's right. I liked this. <laughs> and I yeah, haven't he's sort really of like a John Wick him. figure in that universe. Yeah, close to that, really. And it's like yeah. it's yeah, it's like I don't know. I remember having that specific thought. It's like it's like oh, Mando. It's like oh, that's that's like just flooding back. And it's like oh, that's right. I was excited for he's this. He's cool. Yeah, it's like Boba Fett's kind of drained it out of me a little bit. Yeah, but it's, um, I know. Yeah, anyway, well, let's yeah. see. I don't know when the Mandalorian is coming back. I think next year. Well, that room, that rumor plan, I mentioned, right? which might be really just not anything, but uh, it does make me think that it might not be coming back for a while. If all these shows were like meant to tie into it a little bit, so maybe yeah, like maybe it's just a circle and then it'll just be nothing else. But I don't know. Yeah, because mm. yeah, because there's also an Ahsoka show, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like that's like that's like that one's probably going to tie in a little bit. In in my opinion, I'm not sure. I, I mean, it probably I will. A lot of these, all these shows, like in like when I think about it, like all, every all this stuff's going to just tie in together because that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's like oh, I hope I like. Yeah, she just randomly shows up on that forest planet. It's like yeah, you know, I could give him this, but you sure you want to see him? Like, uh, hey, I'm not stopping you, but if you want to see him, you're gonna hurt him. Like, I'm just saying, like, you can go, <laughs> like, he's right there. You can walk up this hill, but if you do it, like, you're gonna fuck. Like, do you want to do that? Like, fuck off, Ahsoka, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, anyway, um, that's gonna do it. I think, I think it kind of like, like, I think maybe we were like, it was heading towards like a seven or an eight out of ten, and then it just went back to like a six. Like I a don't five know. Or a six. I was already on uh, like six. This kind of I think, I think, jumps it. I think the I think episode f- five and six are, are probably like the only ones that'll actually stand out to people and have any relevance. Um, yeah, which is so just, sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you made like four out like four episodes of like a show, and like none of them really matter. Or it's kind of sad. I mean, I guess mm. it went terrible. It's just I remember liking episode two, but it's um, yeah, I don't know. N- I I just want to spin off about the the girl with the droid arm. <laughs> you know the the, well, she's, the attitude. She's, she's in like, yellow jackets. Go watch that. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. I'll, yeah. I'll do that then. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I guess that's gonna do it for another episode of Double Jump Radio. Um, as always, if you uh, want, if you'd love to ask us some questions, or I guess send in your own thoughts about uh, the book of Boba Fett. Um, which I, I, I actually listened to it with headphones this time, and I don't know if it's just for episode seven, but the theme actually has the lyrics are literally hum da dum, hum da dum da dum, and then just Boba Fett uh, over and over again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they changed that for the final. What is the need? Like, it's a cool theme, like, you, you remember it, but that's probably the most you're going to remember out of this. I don't remember it. <laughs> I actually don't tend to remember it. Oh, yeah, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, um, please send in your thoughts. What did you think about the Book of Boba Fett? Um, how do you think it'll tie into future Star Wars shows? And are you excited for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the adventures of, uh, you know, Darth Lamus? <laughs> Who knows what's go- what it's going to be about? What, what, um, like, what esoteric part of the, the Star Wars lore that we're going to, like, get unnecessarily expanded on? <laughs> it's more Tatooine. <laughs> More, yeah, it's it's all it's all the Tatooine. Maybe he's gonna fight the two sons. Who knows? (laughs) 
send in your questions and your thoughts to podcast at doublejump.co. And as always, Double Jumper Radio is made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful members. You too can support Double Jump by heading to doublejump.co slash memberships and signing up today. John, thank you so much. I know it's a, it's we've gone for almost two and a half hours. Wow. Yes. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Super-sized <laughs> episode. That's Luckily not about much. We had like basically two topics that took up like 80% of it. Two <laughs> topics, then Dirt Rally, and then complaining about Boba Fett. Yep. <laughs> complaining uh, is right as well. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, but yes, thank you so much, dude. Thanks for joining me in this long haul of an episode. Really appreciate it. Uh, I really hope you have a great week. And everyone at home, um, apparently Dear Esther is free on Steam to celebrate its 10th anniversary. So if, I guess if you're a, you know, you're looking for like a, a few hours to kill, why not check out Dear Esther? I think it's still, yeah, I'm sure it runs well in like systems now because like back in the day it was like a graphical like kind of showcase. So yeah, that's definitely something to check out if you're interested. And yeah, until next time, look out for one another. Peace. See ya.